1: This week on Jordan Jesse Go, we outline the Rocket Scouts. I go to Mexico. We visit Portland through the medium of making fun of Portland and more. Let's go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, Boy Detective. Beautiful day in Los Angeles. Of course, uh, we're celebrating Salvador Day. Oh, is that uh, is that why there
2: all those um. Uh, all those Ferris wheels and things are uh, are blocking the street? Yes,
1: that's correct.
2: Gosh, I mean, speaking of celebration, um, I didn't know it was Salvador Day.
1: Well, what is Salvador Day? Do you, do you speaking know? of celebration, I'm cool from Cool and the Gang.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I didn't know it was Salvador Day, but they do regularly shut down our entire neighborhood <laughs> to install Ferris wheels. <laughs> it's one of those like pirate boats oh, that swings yeah, back and yeah, forth, yeah. I sure. think. Yeah. And, and, of course, some Banda music. This is in celebration of Salvador Dali. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Exactly. It's in celebration of Sal Sanchez, my friend from elementary school. Oh, great. Yeah. He, he, made, a lot of, uh, he made a lot of absurdist art films, right? Uh, no, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, he got addicted to methamphetamine uh, and drove across the bus with a male child molester. Uh, Drove across the country in a bus with a male child molester as a teenager. And actually, uh, I was wondering what he was up to. And I found out when I saw his picture on the back of a milk carton when I was like 15. Oh, dear.
2: So wait, so maybe the swinging pirate ship will be replaced by a bus so people can reenact
1: that famous ride. Exactly. Exactly. My elementary school friend, Sal Sanchez. Mm -hmm. I hope he's all better now. Sure. I heard they sent him to one of those reform schools. Well, that's maybe a nice place to get reformed. Maybe. <laughs> it's possible.
2: <laughs> um. Well, God. I mean, I actually, it's funny you mentioned that because I actually saw that there's another holiday being, so, do we want to bring in our guest and maybe we Let's can bring all in our start guest. celebrating together?
1: Let's bring in our guest. He's a stand-up comedian, uh, a writer, a poet uh, from San Francisco. He's in town to, no big deal, do a big show and appear in a mo- motion picture film uh, Mr. Bucky Sinister. How are you doing, Buck?
3: Good. Hey, guys.
1: It's good to have you on the show. I, I Can I say one thing about Bucky Sinister? You may. Drove here in a smart car.
3: Yes, I did. Hey, how was that? I feel smarter already. Um, it's it's actually really comfortable. Okay, and uh, and, and, it's, and, it's kind and of you're of, and
2: you're a you know you're a you're a bigger guy too. So I mean, I would imagine that 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 endorsement
3: coming from you means something. Yeah, it does. Um, I don't want to turn it to commercial for Smart unless we're getting well. I mean, but, uh, I think it's,
1: what it's, Smart is looking for in terms of an endorsement yeah. is a guy is a guy named Bucky Sinister. <laughs> yeah, totally. I, well, fits I, perfectly with their brand. I,
3: I do feel like it, it's it's you know like I should be in a Cannonball <laughs> Run movie or something, and, and at the at the point where people People, you know, pull pull the car and start having road rage and honking at me, and then I get out of the tiny car and I'm actually a big man. Uh, you know, I think that would be like, you know, like riding around with Terry Bradshaw or something like you're that. You're
1: saying that that you're living life as a sight gag.
3: Yeah, it is. It's it's very much a visual <laughs> pun uh, for me to get out of that car. And uh, yeah, Maybe I your do.
2: license plate can say tiny or lil guy or something,
3: you, and then yeah, it'll add a little extra punch to it. Or not terrifying. Yeah, hmm. yeah it's... It's like seeing, like a, a, a you know, a lot of clowns come out of a regular sized car. Just to see one big guy come out of a
2: small car. Have you thought about maybe wearing clown
1: makeup? I should. Yeah. I should. Wow, that would be some shit. Should, know, yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that, right.
3: That that, that Barnum and Bailey music uh, in there going on with the uh, just like as a horn or something like that when I open the car. Just you know. No,
2: let's talk about I uh, holidays. Bucket um, of confetti, and got and I am so bad with holidays. Like I, I, you know, I'm bad with people's birthdays. I'm bad with with, with you an, missed mine. My... I did, yeah. See, yes, I... bad with anniversaries. Bad with uh, Mother's Day, Father's Day, all that. So, so I, I, always get excited when I when I see something that can remind me that there's kind of a a, a big time of celebration coming up. Uh, and conveniently today, on my way here, I drove by um, uh, the pleasure chest. In uh, West Hollywood,
3: this is a, um, you know,
2: this is kind of a sex-positive, uh, you know, erotic store. It's a venue for it, it the purchase of dildonics.
3: It wasn't an actual chest, like, left in a vacant lot somewhere. <laughs> no, no. Full of Wii <laughs> magazines and leg shows. Yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, I think, that's a, I think that's some sort of party pack you can buy at the
1: Pleasure Chest. That's how it, it got its start, the Right. It's come a long way You since know, when then. you go into
2: a Carl's Jr. and you see the founder with his, you know, push cart... There's right. the old black and white photos
1: of... <laughs> this is like that. Yeah, they just have a black and white photo of a chest full of French ticklers. <laughs> so, so the pleasure
3: chest started as a uh, one porno mag lo- left under a board. <laughs> right, in, and in a, now it's in a... In a, a vacant lot.
2: Yeah, and now it's a, it's a West Hollywood this.
3: institution. Wow. No,
2: um, no but idea. I drove by a sign that reminded me that it is a very special time of year, so I just wanted to wish you guys a happy anal August. <laughs>
1: oh, <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much.
2: And like... <laughs> and it's... Uh, and you know what? Like, I have just some like goals for this anal because sure. I know it's like it's so easy to get caught up in like the barbecues, sure, and you know the gifts and the, the kind religious
3: of... rituals. Uh, yeah, it's, it's just too commercial now,
2: right? I mean, that's what I was saying. Like, anal August has gotten so commercial. Like, let's just take a minute to like get back in the spirit of I mean, reflect. And you know, we could buy expensive butt plugs, and you know, sure. we can buy the newest dildo, right? But like, I don't know maybe maybe just look around your house maybe right. maybe maybe uh maybe look in your community garden yeah and say what can i shove up there <laughs> right let's get back to the roots of anal august sure
1: Sure. So yeah. Sure. You wanna go you you wanna uh, something green, mm-hmm. something anti consumer. Right. Mm-hmm. Something that reflects And at the very least compostable. Right.
3: I think I think Trader Joe's has a nice lube basket. <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> right. They do. It's house brand, but it's actually very high quality. Yeah, during anal August they instead of, you know, the little treats and the cups. Uh, they just have put out little bits of lube, little bits of lube, and you can yeah, kind of, you, you know, you can it right rub there. it and kind of get a sense of
2: the sensation and the scent. You probably shouldn't jack off in the store by the sample cart, <laughs>
1: right? I mean, you want to go in the frozen foods,
2: <laughs> right? Yeah,
1: just <laughs> <laughs> makes the cleanup easier. Yeah,
2: right. Yeah, you just want to, you just want to blast all over some of those uh, those wontons. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I just like happy anal August and like, I just want to know, like maybe people can call in, like tell, tell us how you're celebrating. Well,
1: I'm excited about this anal August because every anal August, my whole family gets together.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And it's so great that you guys do that, you know, like, I mean, it's like you, you're busy, you know, but
1: you know, you make the time. Right. Because it's important. Anal time is family time in my family. Sure. Sure. Um. Yeah. I mean, it's beautiful. My mom makes sweet potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> oh God.
2: But yeah, I mean, I just like I remember those analogists as a kid, where we didn't have a lot of money. You right. know, like right. Maybe dad was between jobs. <laughs> right. And, sure. And sure. yeah, you know, mom just kind of whipped up a whipped up a pan of brownies, and mm-hmm. we, you know, we got some KFC and. You
3: just went and shoved it all up our yeah. butts. Well, that was the only time of the year you could see the Rankin and Bass cartoon as well. Back right, right, right. You yeah, Anal Frosty the <laughs> Snowman. <laughs> it just came on once a year, and if if you didn't see it, you missed it. You had to wait a whole other year. When yeah, have, yeah. You didn't have it on tape. to no. print it. Yeah. You know. Yeah, those Analogus specials
2: were like, I don't know, were a real touchstone of my childhood. That yeah. old stop motion is so charming.
1: Yeah. It is, with that carrot.
0: <laughs> <laughs> just...
1: <laughs> Plowing into that, that asshole. And that, and that anus with the voice of burl hives. <laughs> this show got real blue real fast, <laughs> Jordan. Real blue real fast.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, what are you going to do? It's eight <laughs> August, guys. Yes. Tis the season. Tis well. the season. What, around Christmas time are you going to say the show got too jolly
1: too fast? <laughs> We'll be back in just a second on Jordan, Jesse, go. It's Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Bucky Sinister, Thousand
3: Day or Playboy.
1: <laughs> yeah, Bucky Sinister has a new record album and
2: a new book. That's oh. right. A new. I mean, when you say record album, I mean We're talking about maybe it. it's available
3: for digital download, We're but it's also a, a vinyl l- record, l- long play. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can find it digitally, but it is in a very limited edition vinyl. It's pink vinyl. Right. Uh, it's from Post Consumer Records. They're a new record label in Austin, Texas, and uh, they're doing a lot of kind of uh, audiophile, uh, you know, kind of uh, just real kind of indie stuff you know what here's the thing
1: i you know probably my favorite uh comedy record of course is bring the pain chris rock but until i heard it in quadraphonic i you know (laughs) it's the little little, it's the little
2: imperfection until i got that 180 gram
1: edition you know and i put i dropped that diamond tip i have a real nice gas floating turntable
3: yeah, this is yeah. I know it, it is. It is actually like a really great recording, and, and, the, and the guy who recorded it is. Uh, what do you use? So
1: you talking about microphones?
3: Oh man, I mean the guy had all kinds of really eclectic equipment. He was just like you know he had two amps. Frankenstein his whole like studio out of you know uh, the, these are the best. This is the Bex misti- mixing board that they make, and they don't they don't make it, this one anymore. This one is like you know these are this kinds of cables, and it's got every piece of his oh, yeah. thing. He is kind of made his entire he's got a house and he kind of turned into a studio and and, and every every little piece of it did has, you record your comedy album in some guy's house dude it's a it's a poetry record and it's and it's it's a studio poetry record and, and it's, <laughs> it's um it yeah i i when he when he told me he's like i want to record this i was like okay I'll, I'll set up a reading i'll get a recording he's like no i want it to be a really good recording so i want you know i want to do it here i'm like okay well i'll call some of my austin poetry friends and we'll set this thing up and uh uh you know well, I'll have a reading there it's like no no i want to do it in, in the studio so i can have complete control over all the audio and uh, i was like okay you know it's just it's you got to mix
1: those horns yeah i if know the horns it's, are it's too really,
3: brassy it's really weird but then when i did listen to it i'm like you know what i i think a lot of my previous recordings sound like i was you know, talking to a jar or something like that, compared to this thing, it does sound a lot better. Is
1: that because you were talking into a jar, though? It, I mean, is well, that part of the problem? I, yeah, you I finally got that I, jar I removed. Go there.
2: That's when you were wanna, getting really you know. into canning. You wanted yeah, to totally. put up your poetry. Uh huh. Yeah,
1: Save yeah. it for later mm-hmm. for yeah. the winter. Some pres- make some preserves as well. Yeah. Sure, I can understand that. Well, I'm glad oh, you got this. You got this uh, record album. Pink, pink vinyl to go with your smart car. Yeah, yeah.
3: yeah.
1: (laughs) You're you're operating exclusively in (laughs) aesthetic contradictions at this point.
3: Yeah, yeah, Uh, yeah. I'll take the two things that people like seem to not have anymore. And of course, you have records and poetry, and you have them together in one thing.
1: You have your line of feather boas as well.
3: (laughs) Oh yeah, exactly. Uh, Yeah, cruelty-free boas. (laughs) Found feathers.
2: Oh, just, did you, like, you just the, the the they just have the birds and then they just stress them out so that they shed yeah, their feathers. I just, just
3: fall around a bunch of ostriches and
2: yeah, their old yeah. Just just put on a put on a, a Lou Reed album really loud.
3: Yeah, because you know just because you want to get stress know, them out, you just want to get drunk in Mardi Gras. You know, it doesn't mean you have to like hurt an animal.
1: Right. That's a so, really good point. And, frankly, yeah. you'd be following ostriches anyway, you know. Yeah. Um, if there's an ostrich around, you're going to want to see where he's headed. These bows are free range, my friend. <laughs>
0: Absolutely.
1: <laughs> um, I have a buddy. Uh, I mean, speaking of, that like, collectible vinyl,
2: I have this buddy who's gotten really into record collecting in the, you know, in the past year. And he takes off work and will drive, you know, between six and ten hours to like pop up shops where they're doing like limited pressings of singles and stuff like mm-hmm, that, and mm-hmm. he tries to get me to go with him, and I can't quite muster that. That's enthusiasm. horrible.
1: What a horrible idea!
3: But uh, yeah, I, yeah, I've seen this. I, I you know, I, I worked security at a lot of um, uh, shows and things like that, and and I, I got, uh, I, I was asked to do security at this one hip hop show. Uh, I think it was, it was, it was one of it was. It was one of the DJs – I can't really remember. It's like DJ Quick or somebody, uh, DJ q DJ Quick is – DJ q is it. Was it a... yeah, oh, man, yeah, it was a lot that of that. That would be think, Q-Bert, yeah. It was Q-Bert. It was like there was a record made that was only available if you went to that show. Yeah. But like, that was the, the only way you could get it. And a lot of people were going and getting their record and, you know, staying for about five minutes and leaving. And uh, I was like – you know, the hip-hop shows – in the Bay Area, sometimes it's kind of rough to to work security wise, and this one was just it was really super expensive to get in, and and people were there to like pick up all this collectible merchandise, and then and well, they, I mean, mostly this record that like they you could only get there like yeah, yeah. I think some people like one guy got his and left right away because he said he was going to put it on eBay like immediately
2: yeah <laughs> yeah my, you know my buddy who does this he he will uh you know give me these constant email updates as to how much all of these records that he got are worth. And I asked him if he and but he would never sell them, but just loves to keep an eye on eBay so he can tell me how much they're worth. Oh,
0: yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I think
1: I think as a security guy, too. I mean, you always have to be careful at those turntablism-based shows because <laughs> there's no thuggier crowd than mm-hmm. the crowd that's out to see the invisible scratch pickles. <laughs> there could uh, be a backpack fight.
3: Uh, yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> like if well, people start whipping each other with their Jan sports. That's the thing. It's like I, I have like no real like distinction between a lot of bands and music anymore. I'm just kind of like I'm, I'm 43 now, so I'm kind of <laughs> to you. It's cheap trick and other.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like
3: you know, it's even with punk shows, which was my genre sure. in the time, I'm still like kind of lost as to like, you know, what crowd comes here? Is this like the, you know, is this, you know, like, like angry, like skinheads from Sacramento? Or is this like, you know, <laughs> like, you know, the positive two-tone skinheads, you know, from, you know, wherever they come from? I don't know. But, you know, it's like there's like different scenes that show and in, in factions and, and and things like that. And uh You you know, it's like it's just always weird. Like we're in a club. Sometimes they tell you what genre it is and and it's like, well, is that like, is that like Doug hip hop or is it like, you know, backpack hip hop? Yeah. You you, you don't know. Like,
2: I don't know. I always will be surprised. I feel like when I go to shows uh, lately, uh, you know, one out of every three times, it'll just be filled with greasers. And yeah. I wonder why, because it doesn't, it's not like, it doesn't seem like it's rockabilly music. You're going to Sha Na Na shows, we should be clear. <laughs> I, think, I am going you know. to Sha Na shows. Yeah, yeah. always and, and I get like mad and like, I'm like, no, maybe this just doesn't mean the same thing that it meant when I was growing up. But... A
3: lot of the old rockabilly crew is going back to Oi now. Oh, so, like, really? So yeah, there's like this new, like this is one of the reasons I bring up the skinhead thing is because now there's like a lot of skinhead shows. Hmm. And, and it's like, there's like, everybody's like either like under 25 or over 40. <laughs> and like, there's like, the ones over 40 were there, like. A long time ago, and then like the the new crowd doesn't remember like how ugly the skinhead thing got um, in the late '80s and early '90s with just like well, all the insanity going on of, of just. You know all the violence and all the weird crews and stuff. So it's it's like, but yeah, it's like a lot of people. Yeah, like, it, like that was that something scene. that I
2: never got. Like at the height of my going to punk rock shows as a kid, like I never understood whether or not a skinhead was something you had to be afraid of. Yeah, yeah. It's, it never. I would I like, mean, I was never <laughs> able to get a clear explanation yeah. as to whether or not these were bad guys or cool guys. Oh yeah,
3: yeah, and it's and it's like there's you know. um, yeah, there's there's a there's a bunch of different genres of I mean, I'm probably gonna start getting the emails like right now. Of, yeah <laughs> uh, from all the people trying to describe all the different factions and cliques to me. But uh yeah, I mean there's some that are just like really into like, you know, uh you know, like rock steady and reggae and, and all this other stuff, like what they call traditional and and uh, they all seem pretty cool, but they also seem kind of like they're down to box. Like, like if, yeah, you know, sure. Like something well, breaks, because sure.
1: they're essential, this, the aesthetic that is tying yeah. them all together is that they have all shaved their hair so no one can grab it in a fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs>
3: totally. And then, you know, and then, like, the the racist skins came later, like, whatever. And then, but that left such a bad taste and in, in, in a bad imprint in the cultural mind that, like, you can't, it's really hard to shake that. Like, even now, like, people see it and it's like, that's the first thing they think is, oh, this guy's... This guy's a racist. This guy's a Nazi, or whatever. And I
2: don't know, but yeah, I mean, it'd be like you know, growing a little Hitler mustache and just insisting that <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. But it's like not big... everyone with the mustache. I'm
1: I'm a Jordan mustache. Yeah. <laughs> right. I wear this uh, Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan. Yeah. It's a that's why different I also, type of mustache. That's why I also have this bacon neck T-shirt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I um I am I am there's this type of record collector. Mm-hmm. In the hip hop world, this is one of the top kinds of record collectors in the hip hop world. Who is not a hip hop producer, uh, but will collect the records that were sampled on famous hip hop songs. Um, oh yeah, and you know it's like the beats and breaks, right? And what I here's the thing about it is that I can understand getting into R and B and soul music on the basis of. Having heard this break on this song, and then you you know you oh, sure. hear this Syl Johnson song on a Wu Tang record, and you so you go back and listen. Oh, you know, this this Al Green Syl Johnson Ann Peebles thing is pretty cool. Like oh, Willie Mitchell's the producer, whatever, right? But the part where you collect breaks that other people have already used and are thus essentially done with is strange to me. That's something that is. It's just collecting. So, the, yeah. So they want the actual record that the actual person used? No. They don't want the actual – they want the original – they want a copy of the original recording. Okay. They they're not trying to buy the record that DJ Premier himself put on right. the turntable and ran into his MPC. Is that a
2: kind of thing though? Like, or is that, that would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I
1: don't think any – it would be tough to identify that one. Sure. Um, But, like, there's – the thing is – the thing of it is that these guys, they're like, oh, I got that break, I got that break, I got that break, I got that break. And you're like, well, uh, what are you going to do? Do you, like, hang out or hang around your house recreating They Reminisce Over You or whatever? (laughs) Like, I totally understand people who are looking for something to use in a hip-hop production. You know what I mean? Like, to make a new hip-hop record. And I totally understand people who buy – soul records because they like soul music and they want to enjoy listening to them. But this other thing is, it's like it's like uh, it's like the thing about buying limited edition singles and then just putting them yeah. in in a cabinet under F. Yeah,
2: I guess I guess my uh, I guess now those limited edition singles come with a little download, so you can actually you know, God forbid, listen to the music. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, no, I I got I always I was I think we've talked about this before, but yeah, I was never a collector as a kid. I never just wanted to have a bunch of stuff. It's like a beanie baby you can't display. Right.
0: Yeah.
1: You know what I mean? Like at least with a beanie baby, you can put it out and everybody be like, "That's a really cute beanie." Sure. You know what I mean? You've had that experience, right? You've got those beanie babies in the back of your smart oh, oh, car. Oh yeah, yeah. That's
3: yeah. I. I that's what the entire <laughs> back is filled with. Yeah.
2: This is the Bucky Sanderser contradiction tour. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. It's- <laughs>
3: You're yeah, driving around smart car full of beanies peddling your pink vinyl. I, I, I still think they're gonna be worth some money someday.
1: Yeah. I think they will. I think you're in the I think we'll you're putting your, your money into the right. Thing. I mean, yeah, maybe like
2: maybe like it's at an ebb now, but like you know you know the collectibles market. It's you know, it's it's it's, it's, it's peaks and valleys. It's coming back, bro. Exactly. Sure.
1: Art Deco is coming back. Sure. And Beanie Babies are coming back. Once this mid-century modern thing is gone, Beanie Babies
3: are next. All beanies. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to
1: be nothing but beanies. Yeah.
3: I'm going to sell out. Gonna, going to, you know, just cash out of the market and put it all back in pogs.
1: right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back in just a second on Jordan and Jesse Go. <laughs> It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Bucky
3: Sinister, king of kettlebells. You are the king of the kettlebell.
1: Yeah. I am. Bucky Sinister competi- is a competitive <laughs> old timey weightlifter.
3: Yep. Yep. I'm actually gonna do my first competition in October.
2: See so that and that, that fits. I mean, for people who for people who've kind of been trying to picture Bucky as we've kind of been describing him, yeah, your your aesthetic is more kettlebell and less smart car.
1: Yeah. So yeah.
2: <laughs> Well, thanks. I think I, yeah, no, no, that's that's good. Yeah, yeah, I
1: see that you've you've switched you've switched to a Clubmaster style frame from the previous John Goodman in the Big Lebowski <laughs> style frame. Were you just exhausted from people telling you how much you look like John Goodman in the Big oh, Lebowski?
3: Yeah, yeah, I, I was. I that that was you whole, into it for a while. That was a weird phase because like I I um I I got a flat top at one point and and I had a beard and and it just like it was enough to where people started yelling lines from Big Lebowski at me from cars. Like yeah. they were just – they were like cat calling me with, with, you know, Lebowski lines. And then I was like, well, I do kind of look like this guy. So I, I just actually played it up and I went and <laughs> got – my beard trimmed exactly the same way. I went and got – I found some very similar glasses um, and – I, I bought I bought one of those kind of like those weird Safari fest things. hmm mm-hmm. And and sometimes I would just put that on and like walk around downtown and, and people would just freak out and, and and like I would get pictures taken with me and stuff like that.
1: I um, uh our friend Dan Grayson, mm-hmm. uh who wrote the original theme music for The Sound of Young America, I remember there was a brief period where he where the strokes were exploding. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember that he went to Disneyland and took three different pictures with people who thought he was Julian Casablanca. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: it was it was weird. People I mean, were reacting really well. I mean, there was there were sometimes like you know it was kind of fun sometimes to like walk into a, you know I'd walk into a bar or something and and people would just like start yelling Walter at me and it was uh, it was kind of fun. But then uh, sometimes uh, I, I was uh, I, I was dating this woman who was you know. She was not into it, and she was like, <laughs> she actually liked going to Lebowski Fest with me. And that was the thing. I did go to Lebowski Fest. I almost won Best Walter, and and, and uh, people who said that you, you know, couldn't
2: convince a... her to also walk around as the Julianne Moore character. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <Like, laughs> she have just the, shot for the,
3: that. The guy who won uh, brought a a can of, uh, of of ashes and and threw them on the crowd, and uh, he he won. Uh, but everybody said I was robbed that I looked just yeah. like him. And uh, and you know when we and we she and I would you, she and I would be out. Uh, she liked that. She liked there at, at that event. But when we would be out somewhere in public um, and, and, you know, we would be out with her and her kid and then somebody like just, at, you know, on, on Telegraph Avenue would just come up to me out of nowhere and just jump in front of us and like, you know, dude, nice permit. And, and, you know, let's take some pictures. And <laughs> she was like, I can't I can't deal with this. This is too alarming, disconcerting. And uh, so, yeah, I, I, I dropped to that point, and then the glasses broke. Like, kind of like the next day, so is this this weird thing? Like, okay, I guess, I guess it's done. Let me ask but, you this. Let me ask you this, Bucky. Now that
1: you've switched to those uh, Ray Ban Clubmaster style frames, yeah, yeah. Um, do you have the same problem? Only people think that you're Denzel Washington and Malcolm X. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yes, I, I do. Yeah, uh, no. <laughs> uh, I I got these uh, in homage to uh, the NASA scientists. Of uh, of, mm-hmm. of your, uh, I, I really I was watching. <laughs> People are now confusing <laughs> you for uh, Tom Hanks in uh, Apollo 13. <laughs> well, I, I you know I saw some old footage of you know the uh, the moon landing and then mm-hmm. the show back at Command Central and it was like these kind of tough nerds, you know. It was yeah. just like these kind of very macho nerds. They, they were wearing Ray Bans, uh, the, the button up short sleeve <laughs> shirts, lots of pins, and they were chain smoking. You yeah. know what I mean? And they were like, we're going to put you on the moon with a slide roll and a compass. You know, and uh, I, I really like that. Because we hate the moon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're going to we're going to punch the moon in the we're eye. Gonna... <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I really liked that because it, it was so much of like this kind of evil Knievel type thing. It was like, oh, yeah. you know, this is like, you know, this is what we signed up. This is what we became nerds for. This is what we learned math for to put guys in a little metal can and, and, and shoot them at the moon. And, and, and I kind of liked that. I was hmm. like, yeah, these guys look like, you know, they're all like, it's just kind of like, you know, it was this atypical nerd image that, yeah. that we've had, you know, and I was just like, <clears throat> yeah, these guys kind of look kind of tough. Yeah. You know, look like, the, you know, they, they might. Great. We beat the Russians to the moon. Now let's suck each other's dicks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just like let's, you know, now let's let's all go fight the, the uh, Russian scientist in the parking lot. Yeah. yeah. So let's, just be... like... let's, let's beat up that dog they sent into space. <laughs> I yeah,
1: think don't... it would be a really fun gay subculture, don't you, Jordan? Mean fifties NASA nerd? Yes,
2: yes, I do. Late fifties, early Mm sixties. Yeah, like it'd
1: be fun. There's like bars in. There's like a bar. It can be called Mission Mission Control. Yeah, Mission Control.
2: We (laughs) should seem to spend a lot of time coming up with gay
1: bars. (laughs) But they're they would be good. Gay bars are great. Sure, it's a fun thing to come up with. (laughs) They can have big. They can have themes. It's like a. It's like a not awful version of an airport restaurant, <laughs> right? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like the cool version of an airport restaurant. Man, I I went to the airport in uh, Cancun. Mm-hmm. That was just in Mexico. Yes, the the terminal where you fly the international. Wait, this terminal. was just general vacation. Yeah, this was just general. This was a genuine, genuine one hundred percent vacation. Mm-hmm. Did the baby go? Uh, the baby went mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, you put a little sombrero on him. Oh well, he brought his sombrero. Oh, okay. He put it on himself. Okay. Yeah, um, well, when he wanted to take a siesta under a cactus, <laughs> sure. Um, and you know, be a racist. Yeah, be figure. a racist character of a yeah. Um, so I in the in the Cancun airport. <sighs> to be fair, your baby is pretty lazy. That's <laughs> true. He is. he never works. Yeah, he never works. But give him a few chili peppers, and it's woo woo woo. <laughs> arriba arriba. Um. Anyway uh at the at the Cancun airport uh the like departures terminal the mm-hmm. international departures terminal there is one of everything horrible in the world mm-hmm. it is beyond like you would think it would be the Dallas airport or you know like some giant american airport it would ha- Atlanta but in this tiny in this not huge terminal not only is it like 60% duty free store. I'm mm-hmm. 30 years 31 years old. I do not understand what a duty free store is. <laughs> not really either. Yeah. I guess it's just a
2: place yeah if you promise oh. someone a bottle of scotch from somewhere it's the only way you can get it and bring it back on the plane. Yeah play. it's
3: um uh it's it's yeah there's no taxes charged at the duty free and that's okay. that's okay. the whole thing and it's like especially in 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 other countries uh you know there's there's a lot of there's taxes a lot of but, import but, charges yeah yeah, and just just general taxes uh like you know, a, you know a pack of cigarettes or whatever like so people can buy a whole carton of cigarettes and they their workout's about like two dollars a pack rather than like you know whatever they are now like seven or eight bucks. Um, I have Bucky no idea the answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I have no idea what cigarettes cost anymore. I'm yeah. grateful for that. Uh, but I know it's frightfully expensive. And like, yeah. So basically, like, all the taxes are uh, are taken away because the duty free shop is like in no country. It's like you know, it's right. It's. Just it's a full on monkey ground. knife fight. Yeah, yeah, totally. Anything goes in the duty free shop. Uh, <laughs> everything's legal in <laughs> yeah. there. And if they tell Pitch you yourself. you can't do something Pitch in the duty free, yeah.
1: goddamn, case. tell them. There's the old dudes.
3: adage: it's not gay if it happens in the duty free shop. <laughs> yeah. <Sure>. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> there's actually a gay bar called the Duty Free Shop. <laughs> oh, That's yeah. another one. Uh, yeah, sure. but like, there, <laughs> just, <laughs> <laughs> there's like no. Time I was going to make a clean yeah. asshole yeah. joke, but there against it.
1: There was both a yeah. there uh, was a Harley Davidson store. I'm going to give you a list of the businesses
2: at the Cancun airport. In the Cancun airport. Harley-Davidson.
1: Okay, Harley-Davidson store, Starbucks. Mm -hmm. Um, Combo. There was a Margaritaville. Awesome. Uh, There was a Bubba Gump shrimp. Great. Uh, So what's amazing about it to me, Jordan, is this. Yeah. It's not that there are chain restaurants in the Cancun airport. Yeah. Or even... That there are bad chain restaurants. Mm-hmm. It, it's as though they they took a look at the list. You know, they're like Outback Steakhouse, not bad enough.
2: Yeah, G-Jai right. Fridays, no,
1: too classy. Let's go.
2: Yeah. They just went full on. Yeah, let's go hard theme. Something that has a lot of t-shirts for sale. Something that sells as many t-shirts as it does foods.
1: Yes, the Bubba Gump Shrimp Company is called Bubba Gump Shrimp Company, like restaurant and tienda. Or something like that. Like it is as much a store
3: where you buy a Bubba Gump Shrimp Company T-shirt. It's a weird – it's a weird store. I I don't think anyone like who's from a place that has a Bubba Gump Shrimp goes to one. I think they're only in like tourist locations like Pier 39 and stuff like that where it's – I don't – like in airports. It's like I don't think anyone's ever gone to one that lives near one. Right, yeah.
1: Pier 39 is one of those – this is a tourist destination in San Francisco – it's like one of those places that really and, – and Nick White, our, our, our editor, was telling us that there's this – that Navy Pier in Chicago is the same way. Mm-hmm. Pier 39 is the most visited tourist attraction in America. <laughs> I learned that when I was working in the mayor's office of San Francisco. This may have changed in the last 15 years.
3: But I, I wouldn't doubt it one bit.
1: When I was 16, it was literally the most visited tourist wow. attraction in America. It is – it could not be more horrible yeah. yeah, it has no zero redeeming qualities.
2: Mm-hmm. Maybe like, do people just hang around there before they go to Alcatraz or something? Does that have something yeah, to do something with it? Yeah, something
1: like that. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, what, yeah. What, what? What? Like, what book did someone read that says, "Oh, I, and they came out with." Yeah, I got to check out this Pier 39. Yeah, yeah. It it's, sounds it's, like they got a lot of candy apples there. <laughs> it's, you know,
3: it's not outdoor mall with seagulls. It, is, and, 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 it, you know, it sucks. And it doesn't have, like, any of, it's like— It's ugly? There's there's nothing really San Francisco about it. It's like, oh, there's the knife store and, you know— and To a, be fair, and a, and a, and the candy apples place. do come in a bread bowl. <laughs> a
2: hollowed-out sourdough bread true. bowl. yeah.
3: Yeah the bread bowls are, are a little bit even off the, there's not even that up there it's like the, like that's that's a couple piers down that's a little too <laughs> yeah, too yeah. classy a little too yeah, authentic yeah. yeah you know but,
1: the bread bowl the thing that no one in San Francisco has ever eaten anything yeah. out of yeah. besides I, a visitor to San
3: Francisco I, my my day job's like right right across the street i can see that from from where i work you work, work at
1: I, Ghirardelli chocolate we should <laughs> yeah, yeah. sure. i uh i, I take the,
3: the there's a there's a street car the f line yeah. that's uh, <laughs> that's also like just kind of there to take people from the, the uh, hotels downtown uh, all the way up to Alcatraz and Fisherman's Wharf yep. and all that stuff. Um so uh it, it's uh it's it's pretty much there for that and, and people it's great is you, you go by uh the bay bridge yep. and uh people start taking pictures and you can hear them say, you know, oh, this is the golden gate bridge right there. And it's like I never know whether to stop them. Yeah. Or not. Like like it doesn't really matter. Like it just they just wanted a picture of a bridge. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, let them be happy. Yeah, because if if I tell them that's not the Golden Gate Bridge, you are gonna have to take a whole other part of their trip to go.
1: That F like, Market Street car really is a strange experience. I used to take that when I worked in downtown San Francisco, you know, once in a while just to get through because it runs down Market Street, which is the big downtown mm-hmm. street in San Francisco, mm-hmm. and it is like old timey. Uh, street cars, you know, from the 40s and 30s. Yeah, they get them from
3: all over the country. It's like, you know, with little signs inside, like, yeah. this one's from Philadelphia. Like, this one's a Washington, D.C., 1940s and car.
1: Because it runs down the main street in downtown San Francisco, there are, like, businessmen on it. Mm-hmm. But it's like the population of this streetcar is, like, 30% businessman, 60% people in T-shirts that say California, and shorts who are complaining about how cold it is in the right. summer. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And it is the weirdest combination of people. Like, usually that's one and the other. Yeah. But they all get on this one train to go down. It's very odd. It's a very curious situation. Yeah. And,
3: and I always like the you know, you see a family and there's always one person in the family that gets really bent out of shape of like, let's not miss the Alcatraz stop. Yeah. And, and, and when it's coming up and they furiously ring the thing, it's like, yeah, half the car is getting out there. You'll be fine. It's probably going to stop it. out. It's probably going to skip that yeah, stop. And it's like,
1: eh, nobody's <laughs>
3: nobody's going to get off here at Alcatraz. Yeah. And they're just furiously ringing it. And, and there's this part where like it pulls up kind of close, but it's not the actual stop. It's just kind of the middle of the street and people are banging on the doors trying to get off. and. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, I like, you know, because every family has that one person who's doing that. The rest of the family's fine. Yeah. this just always kind of like picking that out. I, I but I sure. genuinely, the vacation ruiner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, this is on our list of things to do. Right. We, we have to see it. We missed this. It messes up our whole vacation. You're talking about dad. Yeah, most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. But what, but what, I gen-
1: what I genuinely wonder, though, is I look, if you go to a San Francisco, you visit Alcatraz. Mm-hmm. Alcatraz is kind of neat to it see. It is. Yeah,
2: it's totally like it. neat. Alcatraz yeah. Is pretty cool. yeah, that's one especially of the. On that a, definitely is like a tourist, like a like a like a go to tourist
3: thing that does not disappoint. Yeah, you, especially on a gloomy day. The, like if, uh, if you've been there like on a really gray, kind of misty, yeah. horrible day, and you're like, yeah, this the, would be horrible to hear. The be here. gift shop situation is absurd.
2: <laughs> like they do have three different gift shops that sell the same the same stuff. I mean, they one they of those you, things being a know, DVD
3: of The Rock. I know a better gift shop though. Hmm. The one at San Quentin. There's oh, a, yeah? There's a gift shop at San Quentin cool. full of things that were made in the crafts classes. <gasps> oh, yes. wow. That, yes. see? That's the one to go to. If you want to get a real piece of San Francisco, uh, go go over Just there. Just stop because yeah. you're San probably Quentin.
1: already going to be visiting San Quentin. Yeah, yeah. If you're, yeah, really yeah, if if you're going
3: to drive over the bridge, like you go, the Golden yeah, Gate Bridge, like, already go up there. there by San Quentin, and they, they have a gift shop. You don't have to go inside uh, the actual prison you can you can just stop outside and, and you can get all these kind of cool things uh all this cool artwork that they make mm-hmm. uh we talked about that. like uh fruit bowls made out of cigarette packs <laughs> yeah you can get a nice variety of shanks yeah, uh, sure. uh, a hot plate made from a from a uh, electrical cord and a wire hanger sure sure you know uh grilled cheese maker you know <laughs> uh whatever but nice nice selection of Fifi's. Um, <laughs> yeah. but uh yeah, it's 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 pretty amazing. You know, I I I went over there and I, I had a poetry workshop in there for a little while. Uh, there's, there's in the gift of, shop. Yeah, not in the gift shop, but uh, <laughs> this was the gift. You know, rehabilitating gift shop there's, workers. There's <laughs> really two really amazing guys, Kent and Keith Zimmerman. They're um, uh, they're they're twins, and they uh, they they've written a lot of famous biographies, like Sonny Barger's biography and Johnny Lydon's biography, and things like that. And they they run a writing workshop in there in St. Quentin, and occasionally they bring in guests, and it's it's uh, pretty great to go. Um, it, our, it, yeah. our friend Dave
1: Hill, uh, East Coast Dave Hill, mm-hmm. told the story recently on Bullseye of doing a Dave Hill comedy show at Sing Sing. Wow. And, yeah, and the and I can't imagine. I mean, Dave Hill is – there's no jokes really in what Dave Hill does. Sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? I really wouldn't – if I'm Dave Hill, I only want to be performing for Dave Hill audiences. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Audiences that are prepared for Dave Hill. You know what I mean? There's w- once this guy comes on in wearing like a like a velvet, you know, sw- swinging London Carnaby Street outfit, yeah, um, and you know, rocking out on the guitar and talking about how great he is. I don't know how that plays in the maximum security wing, um, but anyway, I uh, so I-, I guess the thing that I genuinely wonder is mm-hmm. there are these tourist attractions, yeah, that are that have legitimate content to them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I totally understand how tourists end up going mm-hmm. there because you want to go across the Golden Gate Bridge. or sure. I don't know the ones in San Francisco better. That's the only reason mm-hmm. I'm using the San Francisco examples. But then there are these places that are not anything that right. are very clearly not anything mm-hmm. stores. why Why do people go to those? Who told them to go there? where like what what is in the miasma in St. Louis and uh, you know Detroit? and Washington DC that people who visit San Francisco already know that they're supposed to go to Pier 39 where there isn't anything of interest.
2: Yeah, I mean I think it's I think it's probably just just obviousness and ease. I think if you're, you know, if you're if you're dad and you're planning the vacation, the, the this big kind of loud obvious thing stands out. Well, and you know, I mean I guess when you are just kind of exploring a city and you are kind of trying to you know, be a little more authentic with it, you could strike out. Like, I feel like when I've been, like, I've, you know, tried to go off the beaten path when I'm visiting somewhere, and sometimes you just fucking strike out. Sometimes you go to a bummer of a place. Sometimes you go to a restaurant that sucks. You know, uh, so yeah, I think it's just like, this is, you know, this is an easy, obvious thing. At the end of the day, thing.
1: worst case scenario, yeah. we're going to the Rainforest Cafe. Yeah.
2: Right, yeah. sure. I, we know I, it'll be, fi- you know, it'll we
1: know
3: what to expect. There's like, going to be
1: mist every 20 yeah. to 30 minutes. We'll be misted.
3: Yeah. I think there's a lot of people who who just kind of like shop as entertainment. I mean, it's just kind of like what they like to do. I think in a lot of towns like people are going to like Walmart and places like that just to right. just to kind of walk around and 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 that's just where they're kind of going. I, I think there's a lot of small towns where you know, let like you know, I grew up in Arkansas and you know, we we'd drive 50 miles to go to the mall. And you know, I didn't care like when I was a kid that I wasn't even going to buy anything. I just wanted to be there because it mm-hmm. seemed like stuff was going on, and you know, there's all these things, and there's these fantastic stores we don't have at home, like Chess King, and <laughs> yeah. and, and you know, I, there's there's a piano tie in the store. Uh, I'm dating myself there, but there is a Chess King at Pier Thirty Nine. Yeah, yeah. We should point out <laughs> yeah. that
1: there is a Chess and, King uh, and a uh, Z Sure, and,
3: and I think like maybe some people take that. It's like, well, wherever we go in the world, what we we want to do for fun is shop. Like right. we do at home, and it's like, well, you could actually see some other things. You could go down to the mission and look at the murals, which is one of my favorite things to do with people. It's a from nice downtown. thing to do, yeah. That's yeah, fun, you know, and just uh, you know, it's something like that. And <laughs> just like you know, and just kind of point out like maybe like some things you can't see at home. But yeah, if you really want to hit the Banana Republic, I, I guess that's what you want to do. But
1: but there's not even a Banana Republic at Pier Thirty Nine. Yeah, I can understand <laughs> people wandering around Union Square going shopping because mm-hmm. I've done that before. <laughs> but like uh but yeah, there's just some places that are so nothing, yeah, the entire city of las Vegas, for example <laughs> <laughs> yeah i always i always
2: i always the uh, I always remember like uh we went to Las Vegas once with my with on a family trip as a kid, and yeah, and like my I remember my mom just going to like like, oh, we have to go to the outlets, like we have to go to the outlet malls, so it's like well mm-hmm. I even then I'm like, isn't that not what this is for like isn't there that? Didn't we not have to leave home to do that? But, uh, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I also think that, yeah, I think if you are, like, if maybe you are an older couple or a middle-aged couple or if you have kids, like, there's just, I think it's like, the kids.
1: I think that you really hit on something. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think it's about it's about a concern. The idea of, of being worried that you're going to strike out, I really can sure. appreciate that. Because I think the stakes are a lot higher if you have totally. a seven-year-old and a nine-year-old. You just want something... That you know you're not going to have to fucking worry that you're going to have to spend half a day explaining to them why it doesn't – this vacation sucks.
2: Right. Yeah, totally. And, yeah, and it's like I guess if like you think about like what the authentic experience of city X is, it's like eh, it's probably not appropriate if you have kids or if you're an older couple. It's like, well, you know –
1: Well, all of like, your ideas of what the authentic experience, quote unquote, yeah. of a city involved their prostitutes.
2: Right, I, I mean, I mean, I don't know. I mean, the kids don't have to like fuck the prostitutes. They can right. just hang out with them. Sure, just listen
1: a... to their wisdom. <laughs> right, listen to their
2: whores wisdom.
3: I want you to read Green Eggs and Ham to my little boy.
2: <laughs> right, uh, put some swear words in there too. Um, yeah, so I guess like, yeah, like visiting a place, visiting a place as like you know. As a young single person, or as like a you know, as a young couple or something, is probably just totally different than like a family going to it. It's like you probably just can't do a bunch
1: of shit, you know. Yeah. Anyway. No, I think you're. I think you're right. I, I think. Uh, I think it's ultimately. you sometimes you talk to people, and they they are sort of overwhelmed by the whole thing. Mm-hmm. They just and the kids just want to play laser tag. Yeah,
2: kids just want to play laser tag. Yeah, kids just want to eat at a place they've eaten before.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. I can see that. I'll buy that for a dollar, but you know, you might as well just go to, you know, Missoula.
3: Sure, <laughs> Where, sure. Missoula seems in nice. Missoula, and seems Missoula is nice. a lot.
1: Missoula has a lot of beautiful vistas. Mm-hmm.
2: So. so yeah, I bet there is like when you do become when you do become like a big family, like you know, you want to go on vacation because you want to go to a new place, but you know, probably what that vacation can be is probably just so limited by being a big family.
1: Yeah, I can see that. I mean, we were we were we were nervous about going to Mexico with the baby mm-hmm. to some extent, and he fucking loved it. He, he was great, sure. Um, but yeah, there's this there's this feeling like. Hmm. Is something horrible going to go wrong that we can't fix because we're in a place that we don't know? Is the baby going to for no reason? Is there such a thing as no reason? Lil Montezuma's Revenge?
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. what? Yeah, I guess what are your Mexico activities?
1: Oh, man. Well, we you were, we were in Tulum, which is like an hour and a half or so south of Cancun. Mm-hmm. And it's just a beach resort town. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not really anything else there. There is a uh, there is a sm- small to mid size Mayan ruin there mm-hmm. um, that is more remarkable for the fact that it's on a cliff overlooking the ocean than it is for the contents of the Mayan ruin. Um, but it's you know quite lovely. Sure, uh, nice way to spend an hour. Um, but it mostly is just some beautiful beaches and the vibe is, it depends on which one of these places you're at. There are resorts. The resorts are not what you're, might be, I mean, most of the resorts probably sleep 40 or 50 or something like that, Mm. you know, little swimming pool and a little restaurant. But, um, there are these resorts and some of them are real yoga-y, I was how I would describe them. Yeah, Sure. Um, which is a little weird in in mexico mm-hmm. i'm not gonna lie to you not that they don't have yoga in mexico it's just not the epicenter of yoga necessarily sure.
2: but it's i mean but it's a but they're tourist towns right so I mean, yeah so it's, not it's a like... tourist
1: town so it but it attracts something that i did not know existed yeah. which apparently is a yoga tourist sure um but that's not all of the places yeah. but it's definitely present like there's definitely a sort of like there's a vibe of sort of young Steven seagal types <laughs> just
3: sort of walking around yeah. or riding on bicycles. Steven maybe Sigall with one in of in those. In the, in, the, in, the, uh, in the sense that they're kind of in this mix, they, mishmash of new new they, agey stuff. And yeah. And they've got, they got one of, of those tank tops that goes below the nipples. Yeah. yeah. Precisely.
1: That is exactly yeah, what's going like on. People
3: who take like two or three ideas from every Eastern philosophy thing and put them in <laughs> a little stew and it's like, this is what I believe.
1: And it works because they're drunk. Yeah. And you know, one in ten women is topless. Sure, I'd say, uh, which was fine with me. Terrific, it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, uh, I will say though that it was nice. I mean, it's hard because with the baby, like I would love to go someplace and fucking go all over town and do, do a million different things and. Sure. But you really can't with the baby because the baby has to take two naps a day at the same time. Mm-hmm. And also the baby goes to sleep before you do. But in a hotel room, you just have to sit there and watch the baby sleep pretty much. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, also, you can kind of read a book. but
3: Do you think it's, it's, it's odd where like when you are an adult and, and you don't drink alcohol like, in a lot of yeah. – you see how much of, like, a vacation is centered around getting you drunk. Yes. You know, it's, and it's really weird. It's like, well, you can go drink in our pool. We have, like, a, a, a swim-up pool. I'm like, yeah. I don't care about that, and I don't want to be in a pool where people are drinking alcohol. <laughs> I really don't because it's, you know, that's a pool of pee. Yeah. Like, that's, that's all it is. And, and, well, there's know, some alcohol. It's it like, and, you know, like Vegas the same way. Like, Vegas, I, I used to have a blast there when I was a drinker, and— been there since I'm just going well I really good. like I don't <laughs> it's Yeah. It's like what there's a, I, you, could, I can I can only imagine the Vegas sober yeah, is just the worst thing in yeah, the world. Yeah, I know you just really see it like, Oh wow, this whole city is like a big hole. I throw my money down. Yeah. Okay, great. Okay, I've, I've, uh, you
2: know, yeah. I mean, I feel like when I when I have gone to Vegas, like I've gotten off the plane and like into the cab at the airport mm-hmm. and had the cab driver stop at a liquor store so I can start getting drunk in the cab, yeah. so I don't have to spend <laughs> any sober time in Las Vegas. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, so, you know, yeah.
3: You know, New York City, and people are like, "Oh yeah, the bars here stay open 4 I'm like, "Oh okay, I don't care." Like you know, <laughs> right? Just, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, but I, what I, time are the
2: museums? Yeah, and I, 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 yeah.
3: I think, like, you know, as, you know, it's just kind of as an adult, they just kind of assume that, you know, you want to, like, now you've got some time off. From whatever your life is, and you're just going to get wasted for oh, a week, Yeah. You
2: know, so. I think I, of, of all the like, of all the like sober vacation destinations, I could see like New York being one of the most fun. Yeah. New York oh, is, oh, yeah, New yeah. York is
3: great. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's actually my, my, my binge eating vacation. Oh, I just sure. Eat all yeah, day yeah. long. It's like, do I have any room now? It's been an hour. <laughs> yeah. Since on, I ate last. Can I fit another slice of pizza in me?
1: On our vacation, we ate. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are actually, because it is sort of a ritzy destination, um, you know, it's quiet but ritzy. Sure. There are fancy restaurants there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so we just went to fancy restaurants and brought the baby. Great. Um, but, the, you know, it's a fucking beach, so there's no problem with putting a baby on it in, yeah. the, in a fancy restaurant. Um, and we, you know, it, it's funny. There are – so there were these sort of yoga types mm-hmm. walking around wearing yoga pants on the beach but no shirt. Or top. Um, and then there were – our the place where we were staying was quite nice um, and not full of horrible people for mm-hmm. the most part. Um, there was, though – in fact, it was very nice to be able to go to – you know, I guess I have, I have not done a lot of resort vacationing in my life. Mm-hmm. I did. We did some on our honeymoon a couple of years ago. But generally speaking, I never had as a kid – Um, outside of maybe once or twice going to Calistoga to the hot springs. Oh, yeah. Um, But, you know, I had been out of the country and stuff, but never to like a beach resort. And it's real easy for a beach resort to be real awful. Um, And I was worried about that. But there was no problems of that Mm -hmm. type, um, except for this one couple was there. And it was a – I just – the thing about this place where I went is you kind of – it's a hassle to get there. You know, mm-hmm. you have to pay a cab driver seventy five dollars or eighty five dollars sure. or something to drive yeah, you for I've, an I've, hour and I've a half. Yeah, I've been to
2: similar things. I I, I had to. Uh, yes, these were these were common fuel TV destinations back in no. the day.
1: Gotcha. Yeah, and um, and so I th- I you would think that it would be a self selecting group of people that went there, yeah. and that the most annoying type of person that was there was someone who wanted to say Namaste instead of Hello. Sure. Um, but what? What happened? Oh, I know where you're going with this nightmare couple thing.
2: Maya Rudolph and PT Anderson.
1: Yes, it was uh, Maya and uh, PT. Uh, um, it was. Uh, it was. They seemed great. This family of six ish. Mm-hmm. Um, and the dad was morbidly obese. Mm-hmm. And the mom was just amazing. I we had only two interactions with mm-hmm. this couple. They were staying in the same resort, but they didn't over their stay didn't overlap ours completely. But they were mind-bending. Um, so this is a ritzy place. Everyone speaks English. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first time they come into the restaurant, uh, they ask how many people there are in their party. And you know they all also speak Spanish. They're happy to speak Spanish or whatever you prefer. But they ask how many people are in their party and. They sort of, the guy goes, and the lady goes, and then they go, and the lady goes, well, I guess there's going to be, by the time everyone gets here, there's going to be six, siete. No. Uno, dos. This is in real time. Great. Uno, dos, tres. Cs. It's like a Sesame Street Say-us? <laughs> Say-us people. Say-us people. Wow. And that is in real time. I don't That's want great. people to think that I'm exaggerating that for effect because I'm yeah. not. That is a literal representation of what happened.
2: Boy, yeah, that was always that was always a, a huge source of embarrassment for me growing up when my dad would th- try and throw in one Spanish word to someone. Just stick in one Spanish word in the middle of
1: the sentence. Say-us. <clears throat> and, uh, uh, and so when that happened, mm-hmm. I will say – I my both my wife and I overheard this and I I said to my wife, like, you know, I mean that's pretty embarrassing, but it it was there's something sort of sweet about it. You sure. know, like that I really thought like she really she was trying so hard and failed yeah. five times in a row. Um and the guy already knew because mm-hmm. he spoke English that right. it was six which was the first word she'd said.
2: Yeah, it's kind of like it's kind of like when a when a you know a kid makes something uh for like their parents at school for like a like a father's day you know it's like the the kid the kid feels good
1: when he gives it to you. Right. You don't want this thing. Right. So, and yeah. <laughs> so and so I had given them the benefit of the doubt mm-hmm. until um they were in the pool and they had brought I was, their own Chick Fil A sandwiches. <laughs>
2: they brought a suitcase full of Chick Fil A. I'm
1: sitting. I'm sitting next to the pool, reading a book, <laughs> and uh, the 50 woman. Shades of The woman's in. <laughs> yes, exactly. The woman is in the pool uh, with one of her kids, and another one of her kids runs up to the thing and says, "What time is it?" Mm-hmm. And she looks at the clock and she says, "Oh, seventeen twenty. That can't be right." And then she goes, "Oh." I guess it's on 24 hours. And then she says, so 1720, that would be what? 12, 13, 14. Go look in the room. (laughs) She couldn't figure it out. Uh She couldn't figure it out. She's an adult.
2: She has counting problems. She
1: is a grown-up woman. Nice sent the kid back to the room to check what time it was. Yeah, as opposed to doing some simple subtraction. Wow. It was amazing. But I don't want to say that that was the... This woman was a genuine marvel, Mm -hmm. uh, but it was not the overall character of my trip. The overall character of my trip was uh, delightful, Mm -hmm. as evidenced by, I would say, the number one... Well, I'm going to give you the number two highlight of my trip and then the number one highlight of my trip. The number two, for some reason in... I have never been to a part of Mexico where there are so many big dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess because they belong to the yoga people or something. Sure. Like I- I've only been to parts of Mexico where there are medium dogs. There are twenty five percent medium sized dogs, seventy
3: five percent Chihuahuas. Mm-hmm. I-, I think you're thinking of burros. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, it's big like... horse dog. But this donkey looking dogs. Tulum
1: yeah. Tulum is full of like golden retriever ass dogs. Mm-hmm. So the the beaches are covered in these golden retriever dogs. And at one point, two of these dogs were trotting along the beach, and they were each holding a coconut in their mouth. <laughs> hey, that's good. So that was pretty good. That was the number two
3: best thing. It's not a New Yorker cartoon, is not it?
1: Yeah, it exactly. <laughs> well, it's like, it's like, the, it's like a, the, the cartoon contest in the back is a picture yeah, of a dog <laughs> holding a <laughs> coconut in his mouth. Um, did you ever see, I think our friend Rob Bettecker, the guys from Casper Hauser briefly ran uh, Tumblr where it was every every cartoon from the cartoon contest and always the and every time the caption was Christ what an asshole yes (laughs) okay the number one best thing and Mm -hmm. I still am trying to wrap my head around the fact that I saw this we are walking down the beach and uh, like a a European guy runs up to us and says "Uh, you will step carefully because of the turtle and we're like the turtle. And we look down, and you know on nature Ferrara. Something
2: like <laughs> that. Yes. He is funny sidekick. <laughs> you
1: be careful not to step. He's drunk, on he cannot move. Comic relief. It was the late Davy Jones. It was the mm. ghost of Davy Jones. Um, that's a monkey. Um, so we look down, and you know on like one of those nature documentaries. When the baby sea turtles are coming out of their hole in the sand, I do, and they're- I fucking saw that, hey, nice, Hol- that's
2: like a one in a
1: million thing holy shit, mm-hmm. and it wasn't like we were we're just walking down the beach. We walk into literally two hundred three inch long sea turtles wow. On I would say at least a fifty foot journey to the sea
2: now, I uh, kind of what I've heard about those is that you know there's a there's a very low survival rate that that's you know those little turtles are very vulnerable. Now when Jesse's around, I was gonna say i my my instinct would be to flank them yeah, would be to make sure they all got to the sea safely. Oh
1: shit, yeah. No, I was on. I had the Great. fucking game on lock. I was Bucky Sinister on. As Bucky Sinister is to an Invisible <laughs> Scratch Pickles show, yeah. I am to the baby fucking sea turtles. Maybe hucking tortuguitas some. tortuguitas getting to the sea. Hucking some rocks, some seagulls. Las tortuguitas marinas. Yeah. As long as
3: they got a hand stamp and they're on the list, they're they're cool. <laughs> they're all just going to the ocean for that one record, though, and then they're yeah, going to come right know, out. You guys, yeah. I see. I, in you all seagulls, th- you, you albatrosses, like mm-hmm. whatever else eats turtles. <laughs> like, you guys aren't on the list. List you guys gotta
1: go. <laughs> in all sincerity, I—that's great. I was so I was so dumbstruck by mm-hmm. this. I almost started crying on the beach. It was so adorable and so amazing as these little tiny turtles walked, and they would get in the first wave. And the first wave, when they hit, they would mm-hmm. they would start swimming as fast as they could which was so fucking cute because yeah, they're so tiny. they are very cute. And then the second wave would flip them over on their back and wash them back up, but they'd still just be swimming because mm-hmm. they don't know anything yet. And then the th- and then as it receded, they'd go underneath the next wave and you, you'd see them jet out to the ocean. Oh, that's great. And it was the most wonderful fucking thing. Wow. Oh, my God. It, I wanted to bottle it and keep it. Up my ass, <laughs> so the- <laughs> all for the entire month of August. <laughs> Absolutely, just tremendous, just amazing. Yeah, no,
2: that's neat. I would, I would, I guess my instinct would be to like, maybe it would be kind of fun to like underhand pitch some of them in the water, not you know, till it would hurt them. I think it would probably
1: help them in the long run. Jordan,
2: be kind of fun. Just you know, lob a couple of those little guys come in on, there.
1: Jordan, all right, just underhand. Jordan, why don't you just feed them to a pelican, Jordan?
2: No, that helps. That's less time at uh, less Jordan. time out of the water. Jordan. That's when they get caught. Is when they're out of the water. So when they're up in the them, air, the pelican swoops down. He's got
1: that big old gullet. No, I'm not gonna just for eating. Tortuguesa. This is just a soft.
2: Oh. This is like maybe even rolling them I, like a bocce you, ball, like a bocce ball. Maybe like, considering putting down that. maybe a slip and
3: slide. Oh, that would be uh, cute. Know, and, that would and, and, be cute. It's like between where they're coming maybe out. Maybe the slip and slide the with the
2: little ramp. So when
3: they, they hit the you little ramp, crocodile they mile? would fly in the Is that uh, what you're
2: talking about, air? Jordan?
1: A crocodile mile. I, they that? run, they slide, they oh, hit the right. bump and take a dive. Yeah. Is that what you're talking about, That is Jordan? not a
2: real crocodile at the end. They
1: got to watch out for the
2: crocs now? Is that what you're saying, No, Jordan? that's not a real crocodile. I'm saying there's a slip and slide with a ramp
1: that they can go off
2: of. You know, they're like a little motorcycle.
1: Sometimes I <laughs> haven't. I haven't, we'll uh, some, I haven't felt comfortable saying this out loud. I haven't felt comfortable saying this out loud on the show until sure. today, but sometimes I wonder whether you even care about the Tortuguitas Marinas. Ooh. I,
2: I, think, I don't think you understand what my intentions
1: are. I think, I think you think there's some kind of living crayon set for you to doodle with. Now, that would be nice. <laughs> that would be fun. <laughs> that would be a lot of fun. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan, Jesse, Go.
0: La, 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 la,
1: it's Jordan, Jesse, Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart.
2: Jordan Morris, boy detective.
1: Great work, Bucky. You're oh. asleep at the wheel.
3: Oh, thank you. Oh, yeah. Bucky Sinister, sleep at the wheel. <laughs> I didn't really like I, I, I guess, yeah.
1: Let's talk about our sponsors <laughs> for this week's program. First of all, Ask Metafilter, online at ask.metafilter.com. Thousands of life's little questions answered. For example, what can you do if your podcast guest isn't wearing his headphones and is staring off into the middle distance mm. as you begin a podcast segment? Uh, you could probably get some good advice from that. Cold Chef would give you some good advice, I think. Sure. Probably Cold Chef. Mean Metafilter's <laughs> Cold Chef. Sounds like a great guy. Yeah, he's a great probably guy. Probably has he's a lot to say. Guy. Yeah, sure.
2: Uh, also sponsoring us this week are the fine people at Squarespace. Not just Squarespace, but the all-new... Squarespace 6. Brand spanking new, folks. You can make your own website with this fine service. Beautiful new templates. Dra- templates. Beautiful new Templars. Wouldn't the that Knights be hard templar. to do? <laughs> Beautiful new templates, uh, drag and drop design interface, uh, responsive design, and social media
1: connectivity. Responsive design, by the way, means that it changes automatically depending on what kind of thing you're looking at it on.
3: Uh, which I hate to look up. So it automatically formats iPads yeah, to iPads and iPhones Yeah, exactly, to
1: whatever it is. Anyway, you can get 10% off from Squarespace uh, if you go to squarespace.com and then use the code JJGO8. JJGO and then the number 8. And, hey, guess what? Speaking of sponsors, this is
3: not technically a sponsor, mm-hmm. but
1: our friend Bucky Sinister has a brand-new book out.
3: Oh, yes. Uh, my, my new book is called Time Bomb Snooze Alarm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a book of poetry on the new... Relatively new publisher, Wright uh, Bloody, and that's Wright as with a W. This is uh, part kind of, of the
1: W.W. Norton, correct?
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's it's a publishing company started by poet Derek Brown, who mm-hmm. uh, lives in Long Beach, and uh, you know, it's one of those kind of like you know. No, oh, I, I I used to know that guy when I lived in Orange County. He used to live on a houseboat out there. Anyway, (laughs) he did. He did. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, he's. This is a nice fella. Yeah. Yeah. He is, and uh, he used to buy a beer. Is that what you mean? He
2: did. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He had a. uh, He had a band uh, when I was in high school called John Wilkes Kissing Booth, which uh, in high school I thought was the most clever thing I had ever heard in my life.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Um. He's he's a really interesting guy and, and really smart with a lot of poetics and stuff, and he's he's pulled together a lot of. Uh, a lot of poets who uh, are both good on the page and on the stage, uh, as we like to say, um, uh, and you know, as mage, yeah, yeah <laughs> right, so like, right, yeah, lots of other things that rhyme with run. just a
2: hint of sage. Um,
3: yeah, it, it's uh, uh, you know, it's one of those things where he he's gotten together a lot of the uh, a lot of the performance poets who can whose poetry stands up in book form, and I'm I'm really glad to be a part of that. It's it's out.
1: Bucky's, um, Bucky's poetry, poetry is really fun to read. It's very lively, very thoughtful, and also very funny. So. Yeah,
3: yeah. It's written in in very common talk. <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't. Uh, I I the school of poetics I came up with is like if it, you know, if it's not a word you usually use, don't use it in your yeah. poems. And yeah, and, and at know, the end of all the
2: at the end of all your poems, you have hashtag YOLO. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
3: Exactly. <laughs> Just yeah. FYI. Sure. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. The hashtag. Hashtag school of poetics. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. It, 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 if you want to sponsor an episode of Jordan, Jesse, Go! Or any of our shows, email us at Teresa at MaximumFun.org. If you want to get up on the Jumbotron, nobody's up on the Jumbotron. Wide open Jumbotron this week. That's weird. Go to MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron. It's cheap. It's easy. We'll we'll announce your dog's birthday. I don't give a shit. <laughs> we'll be back in just a second on Jordan, Jesse, Go! Love. Love. It's Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective.
3: Bucky Sinister, the Ken Obergfell of the Performing Arts.
1: <laughs> Wait, what was that?
3: The Ken Obergfell. The Ken Obergfell of the Performing the, Arts. Yeah, yeah, I threw that in for you because I know you're <sighs> the Ken I wasn't Obergfell prepared there. for that, but uh, yeah. now that I've received in. it,
1: yeah, can, I, I be the, can I be uh, the Scotty Garelts of the microphone? Oh, sure,
3: sure. I, I, I pick Ken Obergfell just because I think he's like, you know, he's your solid everyday player. Sure, he's great in the lineup. Great sure. to have him there. He's not, you know, throw,
1: throw him in and it, throw him in at any position. He's going to be competent and a little roly poly.
3: There you go. I think that's I think that's what I am. I think surprisingly roly poly, <laughs> yeah. For yeah. a professional athlete. Yeah, and you know, I think I work at various parts of the performing arts quite well. Uh, you know, but I know my place. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not a Barry Bonds. Right. You're a Ken <laughs> <No>. fellow. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get a
1: key pinch hit.
3: <laughs> yeah. I'm not. You're not know, someone who who. Uh, They're gonna make a. They're not making a bobblehead of me, but uh, but you know what? Everybody wants me in the lineup. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, The fans know who's good. To be fair, I think you (laughs) would have a handsome (laughs) bobblehead.
2: Yeah, totally. I I mean, I I understand that that was like a metaphor, but I do think if someone were to make a Bucky Sinister bobblehead, it would be very cool.
3: It would be because they wouldn't have to really change the proportions that much. I got (laughs) kind of like a big head. You have a natural bobble. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, totally. It's just like look proportionally correct.
1: You have a big head and. Also, weak neck muscles. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. totally.
3: <laughs> and a permanent I just, smile. Yeah, and I'm agreeing to everything all the time. Mm-hmm,
1: yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> you do enjoy riding on the hood of, uh, on the dashboards <laughs> of cars. Um, okay, well, we've had a lot of fun talking about Ken Oberkfell, mm-hmm, a yes. longtime utility player and pinch hitter in, for various National League baseball clubs. Um, we we've had a lot of fun talking about bobbleheads sure now it's time for momentous occasions Um, let's go to the tape with the first momentous occasion
0: hey
3: Jordan Jesse go calling from Brooklyn with a momentous occasion I just had my first date after my major breakup Uh, but the highlight of the evening was probably going to the upright citizens brigade theater in Manhattan and watching nice guy Al Madrigal Just tear into an audience member who (laughs) probably didn't deserve to be treated like that. Um, Come on, Al Madrigal. Like, go back to telling jokes about Cholo Soccer Dad, which you did. Don't. Bye.
1: (laughs) Tear into an audience member. Are we trying
2: to to orchestrate some Tosh-style takedown of Al Magical? Because I will not be a part of that. I think if that's our mo here is to capitalize on this whole "let's take down a comedian" thing. I will not be a part of it.
1: There was a controversy about a year ago because Al was on a stand-up show at South by Southwest Mm -hmm. um, with I want to say it was John Oliver's show, maybe something Mm -hmm. like that. And there was a guy in the audience who was using an iPad hmm. um, and during the show. Hmm. And a, 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 from what I heard, a couple comics sort of made reference to it um, and sort of encouraged everyone to stop using their iPads. Uh, the guy didn't. And I'm – hold on. I'm a little worried. No, okay. I was a little worried that my dog was about to pee in the studio. <laughs> um, that would be a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. We do have some dogs in here in the studio with us today. I shouldn't mention that. Who are being that. very good. They are very good. Well, good they're guys. they're happy that they're here and not sure. at my house because they're terrified of landscapers. <laughs> it's the thing in the world that they are most afraid of. So why common went, to the breed. Apparently, um, apparently, Al went on like third or something and- uh, spent his entire time berating this guy for not turning off his, mm-hmm. iP- his iPad uh, during the show, um, and some people who had never been to a comedy show before got very upset by this um, because <laughs> Al. Um, I think that a lot of people, if you if you only heard Al here on Jordan Jesse Go, you've heard us all goofing around with Al. That is the guy that Al is, uh, but do not cross Al Magical. <laughs> That is my recommendation to you. Do not cross Al Madrigal on a scale large or small. Because Al Madrigal, for... Ten years before he became a stand-up comedian, oh, yes. his job was to fire people. <laughs> that is also the guy that Al Madrigal is, and yeah. he did it cold. He does. You can talk to him now. He still thinks it was sort of fun to fire people. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. Like he, he understands that
1: it's a little sad, <laughs> but he also thinks it's fun.
3: <laughs> yeah, when, when yeah, as acting out in on the audience, he. He pretty much fires them as an audience member. And and they feel, they go through all that grief and everything, the same thing. Yeah, I've seen him do it. (laughs) It just just sends them away. Yeah, this this thing is not working out. (laughs) You know? (laughs)
1: Yeah, he makes sure that 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 all the stuff is packed and ready to go before he sends them out. He does it on Friday (laughs) afternoon. Yeah, he
3: has one of the wait staff bring
1: by a cardboard box to the table. Yeah. (laughs) Pack everything up. (laughs) Exactly.
2: It'd be funny if, yeah, before you kicked an audience member out of a stand-up show, they just got a box of office supplies to take out with them. like, well, I'm up a staple remover.
1: As, as, a, as a general rule, though, here, here's just a recommendation, and I it, don't please don't read this as Daniel Tosh related because mm-hmm. I'm not presenting it as Daniel Tosh related, but here's a recommendation for you going to a stand-up comedy show. Uh, you probably know this if you're listening to Jordan Jesse Go, but you can tell your buddies that you're going to the stand-up mm-hmm. comedy show with, uh, "Don't fuck with the show." <laughs> right It's a show. Yeah, treat it the same way that you would if you were going to see a Broadway show enjoy it if you are asked something respond to it directly <laughs> don't don't worry about don't you it's not your job to be funny just answer. If someone asks you a question, just answer it. If someone says something about your haircut being ridiculous or something, just laugh and understand that it has no personal content at all. The person just needs to say a few things about a few things that are happening to make sure that everyone knows that they're in the same room. <laughs> may,
3: may I ask why this was a momentous occasion? I mean, it was...
1: That Al Madrigal tore into somebody? Yeah. Well, this person didn't realize that Al Madrigal will tear into
3: somebody mm-hmm. about every fourth show. hmm mm-hmm. Oh, okay. All right. So maybe it was. Her, her they scene. knew
1: Al Madrigal as the sweetheart that has mm-hmm. been a regular and beloved guest on Jordan Jesse Go. They didn't know about what happens when you cross Madrigal.
3: Yeah, yeah. The great Santini of comedy.
1: <laughs> he <laughs> will throws get,
3: that basketball at you over and over.
1: He will get you in his sights and take you down. Yeah. Um, okay, let's take let's take another call.
3: Hi, Jordan J- Jesse Go. This is Zach and Tempe, and I just got out of jail. Sorry, that's my uh, momentous occasion. <laughs> Love the show. Hope to okay, hear from I, you uh, I, later. Wait, that's not how this goes. Bye. I, that's that's what I do. I do consider that well, a momentous yeah, occasion. That. Like, uh, hopefully, like that's only one moment in your life. Like, you, you go to jail once. Okay. Yeah. You get out and don't go back.
2: Yeah. Boy, yeah, that's one where I, I just feel like I need a little more, some more details. Like, is this, is this, is this Night in the Drunk Tank or yeah, is this, exactly. was he incarcerated and how was he listening to us? Although I guess I heard something recently that prisoners can have iPods now. Really? Yeah, yeah. What kind what of are, prisoners? What are we talking about? Um, don't know. Murderers? Maybe that's all I know is that uh, sentence. I, I, Somewhere, some prisoners of a jail can have iPods.
3: I, I'm thinking because he said he just got out of jail, that it was just yeah. like county jail and that he was just in there for a short time.
2: That's what I think. Too. Yeah, yeah.
3: I think because, well, you know, if you talk to someone who's done time, they, they will differentiate. It's like, oh, I didn't go to prison. I went to the penitentiary.
1: Like, they'll oh, say things yeah, like that. Yeah.
3: And it's just like, sure. I don't really know the difference, but okay. And I was like, oh, well, that's a federal penitentiary. That's a state penitentiary. Like, oh, so. Wh- I, yeah, they don't wh-. call
2: it jail. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah.
2: <laughs> Maybe yeah. that's the mark and of like, someone. Uh, yeah,
3: ex-cons will, will make the, the, the differentiation. They would never, like someone who's been to like a-, a Yeah, you know. say, well,
2: I was in the inmate population. They would yeah, say yeah. something like that.
3: Yeah, yeah, they they have different terms. So I, I
2: was yeah. on
1: a Revolutionary War era jail ship. <laughs> 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 um, but you know what? Congratulations, sir, on getting out of jail. Yeah, yeah. Don't, I, don't go back. I, how turn your about life that? around. I yeah. hope you had a chance to think about the mistakes that you've made. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to presume that it was embezzlement. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, okay. I think that's a fair presumption. Some right? sort of Ponzi scheme. Or... I think your average Jordan Jesse Go fan, he sees office space. He gets a little excited. Sure. He sets up a boiler room. He gets yeah. to embezzling. Right. Yeah. right. He gets to embezzling. They sort of, I think they're the sort of folks who will watch out of sight and they identify most with Albert Brooks. Sure. Albert Brooks's character in Out of Sight.
2: I could see us maybe having some listeners that would sell some E. <laughs> so it's either embezzlement or selling some me, or poppers, or poppers.
1: I'm like presuming a, a gay most, party drug. Yeah, I'm presuming that most of our most of our audience 1970s are, gay men. Well, I was I was thinking sort of early 2000s gay party kids. Ah, okay, yeah, like party boys. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, uh, like uh, Macaulay Culkin in that rave movie. Sure. You know oh, what I'm yeah, talking about? Yeah, Party Monster. Yeah, sure. Home Alone.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> I know. Yeah, he played that little gay guy. Yeah, remember, remember, Party Monster was Home Alone 3, right? That was, that was the sequel? Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. What's well, like how, well, I think it's a situation like, you know, how Prometheus is kind of an alien movie, but they <laughs> yeah. don't call it alien. I think right. Party Monster, you know, takes place in the Home Alone universe. Right. Do you right.
1: remember, Jordan, do you remember when <laughs> the scene, the scene that I remember most from Home Alone, and it's been a long time mm-hmm. since I saw it, is the one where he does the amyl, amyl nitrate popper. Mm-hmm. And he goes, uh-huh. ah! And he's got his hands on his cheeks oh, and he's yeah, screaming. Yeah, yeah. Remember,
2: I do. That is, re- I mean, this, yeah. this is a classic movie scene. It's just a, you know? classic, just a classic, a classic scene. John or, Hughes at his best. Remember,
1: remember the scene. I, I like where, where Joe Pesci does some E mm-hmm. and then he gets hit in the face with a paint can. I do, and it
2: feels really great
1: because he's on E. Yeah, he's like, oh, the sensation. He's rubbing it, he's rubbing it. Okay, next call. Hello, Jordan,
3: Jesse, and guests. My name is Matt. I'm calling from Rantoul, Illinois big fan of your podcast and I have a momentous occasion for you uh, back in March I was laid up in the hospital for about uh, about a week with some uh, pretty horrible surgery for a uh, for an abscess in a place I'd rather not mention but as horrible as you think it would be it was. Uh, I hadn't done any exercising beforehand. today I just ran uh, 6.2 miles or a 10k. I'm exhausted, but I'm also really happy with my progress. Um, And that's about it. So I'm going to go get a drink of water. Uh, Hope you guys have a great
0: show and uh, keep up great work. Thanks.
1: You know how I can tell this guy gets it? These guys fucking priority straight.
2: Sure. Calls us, then hydrates. Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Call the show, (laughs) then hydrate. That's what people out there should be fucking doing. Get your head on straight, audience. Yeah. What are you? Where are your priorities at? Who are your favorite podcasters? Yeah. It's Jesse and Jordan. Special guest Bucky Sinister.
3: <laughs> Wait, so he didn't like? This is his first time exercising. He runs. No, no, Bucky, you're misunderstanding what's okay. happening here. He has he has
1: exercised since he had his butt fixed.
3: Oh, okay. I'm going to presume right. he had to. Have now a he's butt worked repaired. up to it. It's okay. I misheard part of the uh, the, the cards. I just said, well, you know, I got you know, I got my abscess. Sewn up, removed, lanced, whatever, drained, whatever they did to him. and then, He got uh, his butt repaired. And then yes. I just came home from the hospital and, and, and ran. <laughs> then immediately ran a 10K. I just ran home from the hospital. <laughs> it turned out to be it's 10K. 10K yeah. to home. You mm-hmm. know what? I just what? ran it. I'm proud of this guy. Yeah. And do you want to pick up from the hospital? No, I'll just run home. Now let's do
2: this fun run. He puts <laughs> a little number on his
3: back.
1: <laughs> he puts a chicken head on his head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he just joins a group of Elvises. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We got, more, we, got more, we got one more call, Brian. Let's run it.
2: Hey, Jordan and Jesse and possible guests. It's me, Elizabeth, in Oregon. Um, I'm calling with a momentous occasion. I just now finished, after about an hour, uh, gathering together a litter of kittens that I found on the side of the road. Um, and I got their mama as well, who looks like she's a kitten herself. So there's, how many are there? There's six kittens and this mama cat took me about an hour.
0: I might have said that already. I'm excited, but also, I don't know what I'm going to do with a litter of kittens. I guess find homes for them. So if you have listeners in Oregon, near-ish
2: to Portland, but out in the country, but I'll travel, maybe you can find out if they need a kitten or two. Ugh, anyhow, it's exhausting doing such
1: good work for the animals.
2: I uh, Love you guys. Bye.
1: Okay, that's
2: nice. This is wonderful. That's terrific.
1: This is what this segment is for. Yes.
2: Butt repairs. Finding a litter of kittens on the side of the road and their mama, who's also a kitten. Getting out of
1: jail. Yes. These
2: are the key elements
0: of this segment (laughs) of
1: our program. Did she leave any contact info to how to get in touch with her if you want the kittens? Email us if you live in... now here's your her question: Do we have any listeners in the Portland area? A better question would be: Do we have any listeners outside the Portland area? <laughs> we are not sure. <laughs> we are primarily, primarily our audience is based in the Portland area. What happens is that everybody gets together at Slow
3: Bar. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they broadcast our show. That is basically our listenership
3: for a, for a long there's time. A, there's a there's a, uh, there's a strip club in Portland that's also pet adoption.
2: Yeah. You know, oh, always my have those, God. Like, like, kind of, oh, my God. That's like, strippers, hilarious. Strippers and kittens. Do they take the pets on st- to, like, show <laughs> it's you? Called, it's called you know, I'm pussies. thinking... I think...
1: <laughs> <laughs> Coco
2: and Sissy weren't sure about that. They think it's a little sexist. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, okay, so here's I, what's. Ca- I
2: will say though. I will say though that I think maybe the best thing you can do with the kittens is to probably take them to a shelter because uh, kittens at an animal shelter don't don't stay there very long. I think if you want to house these guys, that's maybe the best thing to do, right? I mean, I think fantastic. And, you know, yeah. you
1: can you can find out what the what the shelters policies are. Sure, yes, um, because uh, well, a lot of shelters will what they'll do is. They'll allow you to bring in the animals, let them uh, let them be there for ado- available mm-hmm. for adoption once they're weaned or whatever, um, and then they'll have a certain amount of time that, they'll, that they're able to hold them. And then if they if they haven't all been adopted by that point, they'll call. They can call you. Yeah. Um, so give a call to your local shelter and help them out. But also, you know, if you want to email us at jjgo at maximumfund.org um, we'll put you in touch with this lady. Uh, lady, you'll have to email us at yes. jjgo at maximumfund.org as well. Um, but we'll connect you. Are, our producer, Brian Fernandez, yeah. that's a responsibility I'm prepared to dump onto him.
2: Hey, let's see some pics, too, huh? Yeah, let's, let's p- see Let's see some, some pics.
1: pics. Yeah, of what the is, strip club. Of the strip club. Yeah. Of the yeah. where, where they Specifically
2: of the pussies. Where you no get a lap
1: dance and
3: a lap dog.
2: <laughs> Wait, is that real or is that a joke? No, it's oh, not real. I thought it was... Re- it's it's <laughs> within the realm of possibility for Portland. Yeah. I was imagining the, uh, like the local news segment where they bring in the... Um, pet adoptions yeah. like the, the yeah. new pets available right. just the stripper coming on stage
1: yeah it's not real I mean sure eco strippers yes <laughs> yeah right uh, pet adoption strippers that's just <laughs> one step too far Jordan uh last week on the show
2: uh Emily Gordon talked about uh going to a uh a lesbian strip show where the woman um strapped her bike seat to her crotch and fucked her own bike on stage <laughs> wow <laughs> Wait, how does that even work? Uh well, I guess I mean I guess the bike has the bike seat has a probably a, you know, a, a piece of metal that's like right. a dick. Right. And there's probably an area on the bike, you know, where you would fasten that bike seat. That yeah. you know so could be could like, stand so she in for like, the pussy. Did she
1: like lift it up on its back wheel?
2: I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't know
1: how many different positions she did with the bike or well, what they do, were. Did they have one of those bike fucking Sutra posters?
2: They <laughs> did. Yeah, and if yeah, you lay the bike <laughs> on its stomach. Cap, if did you want to hit Capricorn, the G spot? Is the yeah. question
1: that I'm wondering? I think so. Okay, she
2: did <laughs> right. Yeah, uh, resplendent lotus.
1: I um I'm really I, I'm really happy. You, you did such a great job hosting the show, Jordan. Oh, thank you. Um, my question is, where are we at with regard to the rocket scouts? Boy, I
2: mean, we kind of like took a little break from that just because okay. you weren't here. It's kind right. of your your right. brainchild, uh, so right. I didn't want to. You know, make a lot of decisions. R e rocket scouts. Right. Without you here. Right. I thought that would be you know above my pay grade.
1: Right. Sure it is.
2: So, so uh, so yeah, maybe can we do that now? Do you want to uh, do you want to take some rocket scout
1: related calls? Yeah. Well, I mean, we can we can certainly consider it. Um, we should we should remember just for Bucky for your case, mm-hmm. for your sake and for anybody who didn't listen last week, um, we have decided because of the unfortunate homophobia and bigotry in the boy scouts organization (laughs) um we have decided that rather than just send children to campfire for example which is Mm -hmm. basically exactly the same as the boy scouts without the homophobia
2: um indian guides maybe are they homophobic Uh, does that exist is that a real thing that's what i did instead of boy scouts as a kid indian guides. yeah i
1: don't think that they're homophobic might be racist it's a little racist might be racist (laughs) it does um, but at this point, did you achieve the title of Chief Nakahoma?
2: Uh, no, I didn't. It was, I was uh, I was a bad a bad uh, bad Indian scout. Gotcha. I um, was eaten by a bear, right? <laughs> which automatically takes you out of the running,
1: right? Exactly. Um, so we figured we'd start our own parallel organization, mm-hmm. um, and you know we'd come up with a few merit badges and, and shit like that. So maybe uh, when we when we come back on Jordan Jesse Go, we'll talk about. What we've got so far, and we can work up a few more ideas. So we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go.:
0: la, 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 la.
1: It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorn America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Bucky well, sinister, Big man in a little car. Okay. <laughs> Rocketscouts.com is the new home of the Rocket Scouts. Brian Fernandez, our, our producer, has agreed. To build a website using our sponsor Squarespace, terrific. Not bragging or nothing, but it's true. Um, I bet the website will be beautiful. It's going to be a lovely little website for Rocket Scouts. And what we're doing is we're putting together what the merit badges are going to be. My first suggestion, my first contribution to the merit badges is going to be tying a bow tie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a kid, it's a skill every everyone needs. Sure. You know, because at the end of the day, you know, what else are you going to wear to? Uh, Lunch with George F. Will. <laughs>
3: <laughs> what's what's your suggested age range for the uh, for the Rocket Scouts? Um, well, I think it's it's going
1: to be like Boy Scouts. You know, you you can get in as a five or six year old. Um, Ooh, that's a
3: little early for Boy Scouts. I think that's Cub Scout range right there.
1: Well, yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, the, the, the Cub Scout is part of the Boy Scout range. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you get in early, five or six, and then you can take it all the way to a sort of Eagle Scout type thing where you're mm-hmm. 16, 17, 18 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it b- spans the whole b- length and breadth of childhood. Mm-hmm. No babies. No babies. Fuck them. No babies allowed. Fuck babies. Maybe
2: something I think, I mean... I mean, it's it's definitely a seasonal thing, but, like, what about making ornaments for Anal August? (laughs) You know, like, out of pine cones and just, like, stuff you
1: find in the forest. I don't know if that's appropriate. I don't know if that's appropriate for kids, though. Are you— Some of the happiest times of my life were the
2: Anal August that I spent with my family—
1: what about down at Camp David? That there would be like a
3: lot, like the uh, like the, the the Pilgrims did. You the, celebrated the first the first Anal August with the uh, with the Native Americans, right? Yeah,
2: I know they exchanged when they, corn when they up t- each other's butts. Yeah,
1: didn't you didn't you <laughs> celebrate uh, Anal August at Camp David with the Bushes and the Reagan's?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's just just great. I mean, you know, definitely, you know, I've come to maybe not
1: agree with them politically, but sure. but. I mean, they, just those anal it, Augusts were so magical. And if, you, if it weren't for that, you never would have met Mr. T. <laughs> you know? So it's really a special time just in any way. around life. the football. What about something that's really useful and age appropriate, mm. like making an old fashioned for dad? Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> Making dad an old fashioned. Dad dad <laughs> dad liquor sure. handling. Like a bartender type. Like a junior bartender. Yeah. Badge.
2: Right. And yeah, maybe while they're practicing we can just um, you know, it can be we can have non-alcoholic things to mix with just so they can, you know, get used to one part this, one part that.
1: Right. Exactly, and then they move on to alcohol. So because right. they're because they're not going to serve their dad a non-alcoholic beverage. No,
2: how's he going to unwind? Yeah,
1: exactly. After a long day at the factory. <laughs> yeah, precisely. Okay, I like that. Dad's dad's a little bartender. Yeah, junior. Ju- we'll just call it junior bartender. Okay, right, junior. We, we had junior bartender. I'm going to call How about lil drunk. I'm gonna- <laughs> <laughs> the I'm gonna- lil drunk badge. I'm going to call your. Um, I'm going to call your anal August one just pinecone. Mm-hmm. The Pinecone Badge. Great. Which is for crafting pleasure toys from things found in nature. Terrific. How about that? Because I, I don't want it to be – I don't want it to scare people off. Yeah. Well, yeah. and something – yeah. I mean I guess you want it to be something people can do year-round too, you know? Yeah, exactly. So it's the Pinecone Badge and then, of course, the bow tie Badge mm-hmm. for tying your first bow tie. You have any
3: suggestions, Bucky? I, I'm i not sure this is the direction you want to go. Uh, what, what about things like – I uh, bet it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> being able to do a book report on a book you haven't read. Yeah. Uh, oh, know, yeah. I, I sure. think That was like really like kind of a uh, a kind of a coming of age thing. That's like kind of important. Like the, the, is, well. There's kids who use that because they're not ever going to read a book, sure. and then there's also when I was they in English, just want to read a different book. I was, I was an English major at, at San Francisco State, and and we, I quickly learned to talk about books and authors that I haven't read. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I had, you know, just like, oh, well, that's that's kind of a Nietzschean idea or, uh, <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, well, that's that's very Sartre of you. And then things like that. And it's like, well, some of these authors like, <laughs> I hadn't read
1: it's but... called fakies. This badge yeah. is called
2: fakies. There we go. I think that's me, a good name for Let it. me ask this. Just devil's advocate here. I feel like, you know, this is a skill that the three of us had to learn growing up. Right. But now with the modern Internet where you can get a synopsis of anything, is this even a skill anymore? Well, it's like, for
1: younger kids. OK. You know, kids that are used to only using the internet for its most basic functions, like finding pornography. Okay. You know, to be okay. able to find a good plot summary. Sure. You know, operate Wikipedia. Where are the best plot summaries? Yeah, yeah. Exactly.
3: I, I, I think this is something also we get at like a Rocket Scouts meeting, mm-hmm. right? You know, and just like, okay, you, you're- You've got
2: to... 10 minutes. Convince me you've read Cannery Row. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There we, go.
1: there we go. And if somebody says there's these two guys and one of them's named Lenny, you're like, Nope you don't get the badge. Wrong steinbeck. Wrong steinbeck. You're in the you're come on. This is steinbeck country. Sure. This is by the way, this is taking place in Monterey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just so you know. It this whole thing, I mean, uh, one of the Is that big, where the home base the rockets got home base is going to be is Monterey? Well, the annual scout off is held at the Monterey Bay Aquarium. Mm. It's a part of uh it's part of the tradition of having an annual tribute to Star Trek 4: The Voyage Home. Sure. Um, so, okay, so if you have a suggestion for the Rocket Scouts, either email it to us at org or give us a call at 206-984-4-FUN. And Brian's going slap to this, slap this thing together. By the time you listen to this, probably rocketscouts.com is already going to be up. This is tremendous. This is one of the best things we've ever thought of. This is going to change people's lives, Jordan. Are, are there uniforms? There will be. Let's talk about that next week. Yeah, great. All right. I mean spacesuits, right? I mean... Yeah, or what about old timey diving suits, though? Because I wouldn't want those to go to waste.
2: Did you buy a lot of those recently? Is that just is this just some sort of scam
1: a, to unload I was those? at a surplus auction, Jordan. Yeah, when there's surplus diving bells at se- when the lot just says diving bells et cetera. Yeah, you know you're going to put in a blind bid. No, I get it. I put in a blind bid. I ended up with a volume of old timey diving suits that I simply cannot sell on craigslist <laughs> i've sold three or four on craigslist Two fetishists i will admit <laughs> mm-hmm. but i want to get rid of a lot of them the other problem is that these are jules verne fetishists these, yes these came from these came from southeast asia so they're quite small <laughs> Oh, okay so they're more appropriate for children and teens than they are for the fetish community mm-hmm. although there are some small people in the fetish community don't get me wrong I mean, probably even some Southeast Asians. Yes, yeah, sir. I mean, if it is weird to see people in Laos, the Lao PDR, mm-hmm. fucking where they're not wearing a brass bell over their head. Sure, you know, if there's not two guys pumping an air machine, <laughs> nobody can even get hard in Vietnam, <laughs> in Hanoi, <laughs> Ho Chi Minh City. <laughs> These are some more Southeast Asian places. JJ, go at MaximumFun.org, 206 9844Fun. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. Lovey, lovey,
0: lovey.
1: Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorn, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, Boy Detective, Bucky Sinister, the People's Poet.
2: A yes. new nickname for every segment. Bravo
1: and All Strong. <laughs> it's what we call not a hat a, trick. No, not a week one uh-uh. in the bunch. Those are all great nicknames. Congratulations, Bucky. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I <laughs> I want to say this. Mm-hmm. I want first of all, I want to say thank you to all of the people across the continent of Europe. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the British Isles and Ireland and Welsh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The Welsh and the Welsh. Wales. <laughs> Specifically, Catherine Zetta jones mm-hmm. for the trailer to that movie she was in with Sean Connery where she had to go through all the laser beams. But mm-hmm. it put her butt up, up in the air and you're like, whoa, get a load of that. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? I do. OK, great. You on board with this? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just a big thank you to the Welsh for that. Yeah. <laughs> and Europeans <laughs> for toning that. Yeah. No. I want to thank everyone who bought tickets to our shows sure. in London. Both shows now officially sold out. Oh, great. Mm. Are we stand Is there any protocol? Or should they just come to the meetup afterwards? Here's the thing. Okay. I, uh, so first of all, I want to thank everyone who bought tickets. Mm-hmm. To everyone who didn't buy tickets, you know, fuck you. Yeah, Go suck a lemon, you blew it. Wow. You blew it. Wow. You blew it. You had your chance, and you blew it. I guess should've... you
2: could go see some third-tier Olympic competition. You Which won't really, be as good as our show.
3: You should really have a, a poster that says that on the on the door once they close <laughs> it, once they got everybody in there, just to go suck, suck a lemon. lemon.
2: Go suck a lemon. Yeah, suck a lemon. I was, um, you blew
3: it. I was yeah. driving uh, late at
2: night and kind of in the median, I saw what kind of looked to be a homeless guy. It was a guy, you know, kind of an older guy in fatigues, and he was holding a cardboard sign, and I didn't see what the sign said. And as I got closer, I saw that his sign just
1: read, go fuck yourself. <laughs>
3: Nice. It was great. <laughs> wow. Nice. I want to. I, um,
1: I want to say something because once or twice in the past, I've done this, and then I've gotten like messages like, mm-hmm. "Why were you so angry at the people who?" I'm not actually angry. It's I just fun. want everyone to know that I'm not actually angry. You're no you know, Al Magical.
2: If you really, taking somebody down. If you like who's really, on their first date. After if you really, really, a long really, really,
1: really, really want to go, and you didn't get tickets for some good reason. I, I bet this is not a promise. I bet if you show up. I bet you can they'll in. find a
2: place. I bet yeah. they could find you a seat. They're not going to say don't come in. Yeah. I mean it's it's
1: possible. It might just yeah. be too far. I don't know what their rules are. But yeah. I think it could be a fire hazard. It's worth it's worth taking I a shot if it. it's really important yeah. to you. Yeah. Otherwise, one way or to
2: other, I will call three people my makeup artists. Right. If
1: Jordan is willing to do that. I am willing if there's three. He only has, he only travels with two makeup artists. Yeah. He will add a third person who doesn't even know how to do makeup. My, yeah. I mean, if you, wanna, if you want to, if you
2: want to just put on a little, pl- apply a little powder, maybe pluck my eyebrows, I'll take it. Right. But
1: I will add a few people to my makeup entourage. Right. He, right now, he doesn't have anyone who, well, he does have someone, but he doesn't have anyone who will happily attend to his junk. Yeah. Um The cover There's a guy. There's a guy. There. Yeah. He has advanced.
2: Sickness. He's a real
1: pill about it. The guy <laughs> who prof- usually does it. Jordan is profoundly syphilitic. Mm-hmm. And this is a full nude show. <laughs> yes. It that's is. why there's no alcohol at the place. <laughs> yeah. I think there is alcohol. I don't know if there's alcohol or not. But here's the. I know. I'll tell you where there will be alcohol mm-hmm. at the meet-up afterwards. Starting at 7 p.m., we will be meeting up at the Phoenix Artist Club in London. That sounds a- nice. Apparently in London. All the bars close at 10. Yeah. Uh, here's the here's the thing that
2: I learned on my last trip to London was that, uh, yeah, the bars close at 10, but the clubs stay open. So you have to go to a club uh, if you want to keep drinking. But I guess it can't be the places that are also the bars. So... Literally, last time I was in London, after the bars got out, we went to a converted rainforest cafe <laughs> that nice. had been converted into a nightclub.
3: Are, are you guys worried about uh, podcast hooligans? Yeah, oh. I I'm concerned
2: about podcast. Like maybe some supporters from Doug Benson.
1: Yeah, or
3: maybe <laughs> will come over. Well, I mean, we're
1: gonna be uh, we're gonna be on we're gonna be on away turf, so it mm. might be a local podcast. It might be answer me this fans. Could be, you know. Oi, oi, Helen and Ollie. Oi, oi. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because they're types. big fans of Helen and Ollie, the host of Answer I hope nice. people have a chant for when we come on stage. I, yeah, isn't what, that a big thing about the soccer the soccer clubs? Can I is su- there. Can I suggest a chant? Hmm. Ali Boom Ali. Ali Boom Ali. That's great. Thank you. What is that? Uh it's it's a chant that they did in Africa for Muhammad Ali. Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> for, yeah. Um, I mean that's absolutely uh, Applicable to us. We're the we're podcasting Zali. Sure, that's why we're doing those Louis Vuitton ads. Yeah, for like a butterfly,
2: podcast like a bee. Yeah,
1: it's the old saying, right? (laughs) Yeah, it means to have buzzy microphone. Writes people like a buzz, (laughs) like a faint buzz in the background. But seven o'clock on Saturday, the eleventh. It's Saturday the eleventh, right? That's the right date. Mm -hmm. Yes, Saturday the eleventh at the Phoenix Artists Club, one Phoenix Street. Uh, You don't have to get in. uh, You don't have to be a member to get in before eight p.m. So Mm -hmm. you have to get there between seven and eight. We'll be getting over there around seven or eight once our five thirty show is done. Um, It's going to be a lot of fun. Anybody's welcome. Uh, Jordan, what are you going to be drinking?
2: Uh, I mean, it's England, so a pint of warm beer that I'll be a little bit mad isn't colder. What about a cider? Why don't you have a cider? Too sweet. You don't want a cider? Nah, you can't. Yeah, I can't drink a whole pint of that. Too sweet. Gotcha. So drinking a pint of Coke or something.
1: Make you too buzzy? Yeah, make me a little buzzy. Yeah, sure.
2: Um, oh, hey, I have something I want to plug. If yeah, we want, sure. if we're plugging things. Sure. Uh, I'm doing a new web series that's a lot of fun. Uh, it, it has a terrible name. It's called k l o l the internet's local news uh but it's a lot of fun. I'm doing it with uh, former uh, Jordan Jesse go guests uh, Alex blagg and Eliza Skinner and uh yeah it, it's a, it's a we're having a lot of fun it's kind of like a weekend update, but for internet news we're goofing around and uh the 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 website that is funding it their parent company um deals a lot in websites uh that mainly kind of compile nutshots. i would say uh-huh and they're trying to break into scripted entertainment with this show. Right. Uh their fan base uh maybe not nuts about scripted entertainment?
1: Not they may it's possible that while they may be sophisticated right at distinguishing between Pictures of cats that look like celebrities. Mm -hmm. They may be less sophisticated when it comes to jokes that have been written by professional comedy writing jokes.
2: Right. Um, And also they maybe think trying is gay. Yes. (laughs) That is literally... Some things that people are leaving in the comments. Trying is gay. Effort is gay. Uh, Anyways, so I think kind of what we're doing now is trying to kind of uh, find a fan base beyond uh, the Nutshot community. Uh, So yeah, take a look at it. Uh, Leave a nice comment if you're there. It's on uh, youtube.com slash loud.
1: I have watched and Mm -hmm. enjoyed every episode. Thank you. I recommend it very highly. You don't have to. I mean, Lord knows that I don't know shit about an internet thing. Yes every single person listening to this knows more than I do about Sad you know, Keanu. Yes, yeah, Sad Keanu. Um and I have enjoyed every episode that I've watched. Jordan is hilarious, Eliza Skinner's hilarious. Um Alex Blagg made a cameo that was quite funny, uh uh telling Jordan what he should be what he should change about his performance <laughs> based on the YouTube comments. Um I really enjoy the thing. It's called K L O L. You can Google it on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can just go to youtube.com yeah. slash loud. And you know what? Here's Can, can I suggest something? Jordan? Yes, you may. If you watch and enjoy it, mm-hmm. click the thumbs up button mm-hmm. and write a little thing in the comments about how you liked it. Because here's the thing. I don't know what it's like at Jordan's work. But I can tell you that confused entertainment executives may or may not put too much credence into the comments on a YouTube video. <laughs> That is something that they may or may not do. And so my suggestion is watch it, click the thumbs up button, write a little thing that seems like a real human being that doesn't just call things gay. Watch it and enjoy it so that the people that pay for these such things understand that people real life people are actually watching it and enjoying it
2: yeah we i think we uh we we've uh, we've
1: kind of we've kind of hit a fun stride with it i think we're, we've written some really funny
2: stuff for upcoming episodes and uh yeah i'd love to keep doing it so is, is this out is this on now or this is on now i think okay. we've made four, four episodes have gone up so great. yeah but yeah we'd love to keep making
1: more so uh watch it please yeah Anyway, 206-984-4FUN, our telephone number, jjgo at MaximumFun.org, our theme music. Love You by the Free Design, courtesy of the Free Design and Light in the Attic Records. Thank you to them. Bucky Sinister has a brand new album of poetry, which is called? Sensitive Badass. And it is pink. <laughs> it yeah, is pink. Sure, as,
2: as you might as, expect as, from the title. As, absolutely.
1: Bucky Sinister has a brand new book, which is called? Time Bomb Snooze Alarm. It is full of his hilarious and delightful poems. This is maybe gray, kind of gray and black.
3: The co- the cover, the color, <laughs> not pink. This is not a pink book. No, no, no there's not pink on the inside. Okay. Can
1: I also mention Bucky wrote a great twelve-step book called Get Up.
3: Yes, um, and in a follow-up as well called Still Standing. There's two self-help books now.
1: That I I read uh, I read Get Up because uh, I invited Bucky onto the onto uh, the Sound of Young America at the time in mm-hmm. in order to talk about it. You know, I'm not in recovery, although I do have an unusual relationship with the 12 Steps community, having yeah. sort of grown up in a mix. Right. But um, I'm not in recovery for anything, and I have to say yeah. that I really found the book to be insightful and funny and thoughtful, and a great perspective on um, a great perspective on recovery for people who might be kind of weirded out by the whole recovery culture and the uh, you know the god stuff maybe and just mm-hmm. might want a little bit more of an alternative punk rocky mm-hmm. version of
3: that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it's a very pro 12 step book and and that's what kind of things I think a lot of people thought I was going to slam that whole so I was like no, it's like kind of giving people reasons why that you you will find a way to fit in. Yeah. And and that's really it. And I I'm I'm really blessed to be out in the Bay Area where there's such a diverse group of people that were there to help me out. Uh you know, and I I just thought, well, like what would I've needed to hear like maybe the last year, I was drinking. I was very unhappy. Like it was, it was really sad. And I was, I just I had so many misconceptions about what twelve step stuff was like that you know I just didn't, I just didn't go. And so I kind of wrote a book for that guy. Like you know, it's <laughs> like I was, I was done. I, I needed a way out. And I was just like, I can't, I can't go to twelve step because you know because I'm an atheist uh because uh I you know I don't have any health insurance because I don't have all these things that didn't matter and and so I just kind of put um all these things together and, like that and and yeah try to try to maintain the humor of of those meetings because really i've I've never laughed more and at, at some of those meetings and and the humor if you really, if you like dark edgy humor <laughs> I've heard the darkest edgiest stuff i this stuff cannot like The comedy clubs cannot compete with what I've heard in, in, in the 12-step meeting, which was very, like, you know, just really dark and yet funny stuff because, you know, the people are okay now. But you hear these stories <laughs> and you cannot yeah. believe. And, and you know, I just wanted to bring that because there's a lot of humor and joy in, in that. And, and I think we're kind of portrayed in a lot of media types as kind of sad, dour people who are just like live lives of regret. And I think, <laughs> I think no, it's like we go out and we have fun, you know. It's just like I was just at a show last night. Um, after, like, you know, after the comedy show, I went to see, you know, uh, this friend of mine is down here. He's sober. He put he put you on, you know, a punk show. He, he, like, put together the whole thing. And, you know, I went and saw it. And, you know, we're doing things like that. It's, you know, like, I wrote um, – I was 15 years – I just say this. At 15 years, I was drinking. I, I consider myself a writer. I had one book in that time. And then hmm. 10 years of sobriety, It's it's five books in that time. And, you know, and I started doing comedy, which I always, as a drunk, would, like, look and, you know, watch these – Great guys, all, all through the '90s go and, and you know go up, and I would think, I, I wish I could do that. I wish I could, and so I, it just like the sobriety like helped me like just achieve the success of writing that I wanted, and also like you know just helped me like have the courage to follow other things I wanted to do. You know, it just really as far as like that thing of it being liquid courage, it was just <laughs> kind of not that for me. It just kind of gave me reasons to like. You know, not do things to say fuck it <laughs> and, and like, yeah. oh, that's not for me. That's for people who are like, oh, you know, I can't start in comedy. I'm too old. You know, at the time I was like in my early twenties. You know, like I'm too old. I'm 22. I can't. You know, <laughs> yeah, you're basically, all these guys, you're basically dead. Yeah. Everybody started at 16 or yeah, something. sure. And, you know, and uh, oh yeah, so, if you haven't made it by 16, yeah, 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 totally. And, yeah, it was just ridiculous. It was just all like letting letting the booze like <laughs> knock <laughs> me in my in my self esteem and yeah. like you're not good enough for that. That's for other people. So people who are more well adjusted, or or whatever. People would get homes, or you know, I don't know what it was. Yeah, but I mean, was, comedy is
2: a, comedy is a real safe haven for the well adjusted. <laughs> yeah,
3: I know. I, I this what I do, I do love about, about about you know being with comedians, and, and uh, I, I I just really I, I I really love being like around the ones who are like, well, you can tell it's like a plan B.
1: Like the something else in their
3: life didn't work out, <laughs> and uh, now this is what they're doing. And I, I really like those people. And <laughs> I really, I really like the people who are like using comedy as a way to try to figure out who they are. Yeah. And, and and just really that you know I, I'm just trying to make sense of my world, trying to find my place in the world. You know, with, with this and you know, uh, people like Mark Maron and just like you know he's always like using his comedy as like you know, you know what's my place here? Where do I where do I live? Like what, Jerry Seinfeld.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Seinfeld types. Right? Yeah,
3: yeah. Like Dana Gould is always one of my favorites, and, uh, you know, Pat and Oswald and Craig and people.
1: So, Bucky, thank you for joining yeah, us on Jordan Jesse Go. Always a pleasure to have Bucky Sinister in his smart car here at Max Fun World headquarters. Mm-hmm. Special thank you to Coco and Sissy for acting like they weren't going to make any noise here in the sound booth and then inexplicably starting barking because uh, I think Brian was enjoying himself too much outside of the window. Oh, it was
3: also when I was talking about the, uh, the this strip club with the pets right I think so that's maybe probably that's what happened decided. they're right. feminists yeah. you should yeah. know that yeah.
2: second wave feminists yeah, I mean, I not mean. to the point where they're you know pro sex worker they're, they're not quite
1: there yet yeah anyway we'll talk to you next hey, time hey
2: Coco and Sissy women have a right to do whatever they want with their bodies <laughs>
1: <laughs> Why are you yelling at my dog?
2: Because they don't realize that it could be empowering. They're
1: scared. i Is actually scared. scared. I'm,
2: they're just my my new ideas. My big ideas are freaking. I'm sorry, guys. Jordan.
1: No, Jordan. <laughs> I apologize, guys. Jordan, <laughs> they'll they'll figure it out. <laughs> Jordan. Next week we're gonna be in London. Yeah. Who knows when the show's going to go up? I got no idea. Hard to say. Yeah, tough to say, but uh we'll eventually, be eventually. Yeah, eventually we'll get it up. Uh wish us luck. We'll talk to you next time on Jordan Jessica. <laughs>